We're live. We're live. We're live. Let's do it live. Cheers. Cheers, y'all. Dad, ah. thank you for this non-alcoholic beer, but more importantly, yeah, this non-caloric beer. Yeah. Save, I'm, I'm not sober, but I am on a diet, so I <laughs> Aren't they one this. and the same? <laughs> <laughs> they can to. be. They can be. They should be. But, uh, but yeah. yeah. All right, everybody. We're here today with a very special episode of Film History. The, the History of Film! film. No idea when Dev starts on this. Oh, me neither. Is it now? It can't be now. There's no way. Wait, it's coming up. Okay, hold on. Okay. Places. Places. The history of film. That better who you the lights go dim. From James Cagney to Nosferatu and stunts that shock you. And dirty, dirty tricks to your made. From wings, wings to Top Gun, movie stars and no ones Brooklyn romantic crazy fans that leave no real looks fun Hollywood is still from history in Hollywood They chase the Oscar but it's all a sham Just like Shaq and Kazam All your dreams can come true Film history, the history of film All of it made for you Good God, that was terrible and uh, that's right, everyone. If you're if you're if you're paying attention to your ears, you can hear that we're all in the same place at the same time. I wonder if it's going to sound any different. Nah, probably not. Uh, one of us will sound different. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Dev sounds very different right yeah. now. Dev had Dev caught the mummy's curse. Yeah. Uh, so I guess we can finally divulge what Dev. We haven't told anyone, Dev. We haven't told anyone our audience. Well, to, they well, don't know where you've been. Hold on. First of all, I want to preface that uh, this will not be a regular episode of Film History. Right. Um, this is more of like a little, uh, little. Fo- this is a filler in between uh, canonical arcs. This I don't is know a what, world history. A world history. I don't <laughs> know what's in history. I want to call this something. I want to call it like a crafty episode. Like we're at craft services. We're taking a little break. Mm-hmm. You know, we yeah. gave you three heavy James Dean episodes, and mm-hmm. you know, spoiler alert, it ended with Which his horrible death. We're phenomenal so, boys. Thank you. Um, you guys killed it. Uh, I couldn't be more happy and more proud, and I regret being indisposed no. while it was uh, topic was of such great magnitude, yeah. and such great story, I the arc it. of Hollywood. We hated doing it without you, but I was like, I, I wrote so much, and I don't know if I could type out another one right now. No, so you guys go. killed yeah. it. Yeah. You yeah. killed it. And uh, as the audience will see, uh, you know, or hear, the unforeseen circumstances <laughs> of the past month have taken me on a journey yeah. all the way around yeah. the world, yeah. literally. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, yes. so that's what this episode is. We're going to finally learn what assignment Dev has been on for yeah. the past you know, three weeks to a month. And, uh, you know, no specific film history on this, but uh, you'll still learn something, you'll still have fun, and then we'll be back next week with uh, a related episode to the story we're about to hear. Yeah, well, I think we're just going to kind of chill, talk about what Dev's been up to, talk about maybe some stuff in the theaters or something right now. But I just, uh, this will be a good opportunity to just kind of get, yeah. fill your ears with some uh, bullshittery. Yeah. You know? And I apologize to the audience about my raspy voice. Uh, you know, it's it's desert sand and heat, yeah. and like James said, the mummy's breath. Uh, <laughs> Dwayne the Rock Johnson came out and stung me on the hand. <laughs> he gave you the people's tongue. Yeah, you know. But Brendan Fraser did save me. Dude, oh, yeah. Brendan Fraser okay. saved me too. <laughs> <laughs> Brendan <laughs> Fraser saved all of us. Brendan Fraser made me realize I can be in love with Brendan Fraser. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> 
Tom Cruise, though, not so much. Nah. It was heard, just Mission Impossible in the yeah, desert. Yeah, that's what I heard. I heard people, there were mixed reviews oh, on Oh, I forgot. I was trying to figure out what Tom Cruise had to do with The Mummy. The mummy. And yeah. I totally forgot they did a reboot with yeah. him in it. Uh, the biggest... The biggest tragedy of that movie is it single-handedly killed the the dark universe that uh, Universal was trying to set up. Yeah, like I wasn't yeah. not into that idea. Like um, a cinematic be like Jekyll uni- and Hyde. Yeah, and, yeah. And with, uh, yeah, with the Invisible Man, Jekyll and Hyde, uh, Dracula, yeah. and like Tom Cruise's mummy combatant. <laughs> the 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 mummy. That's the thing. All the other ones are the dark characters, except the Tom Cruise isn't the mummy. He's the guy who. Fought the mummy. Yeah. It was like, shouldn't shouldn't you make the mummy a hero in this version of this dark universe that you're building? They but should try this again. Let's be. They honest. should. Yeah, yeah, they absolutely should. Or at least just keep going. Make make the other shit. Wasn't wasn't Giant Depp gonna be Jekyll and Hyde too? Oh, that's right. Yeah. I mean, that would have been good. That would have been cool because wow. he was already Sweeney Todd, and it was kind yeah. of yeah. Insane. yeah. And in real life, he's kind of Jekyll and Hyde. <laughs> it just depends on how much rum he's had that day. You know, you don't know who you're getting. Oh man, it would have been so cool. Have you ever gotten a Jekyll and Hyde movie? Uh, yes, yeah, there have been some good ones. So there is some film history in this episode. Yeah, there you go. (laughs) And, you know, our topic of today and the location has been the inspiration of many films. Yeah. Not necessarily one in particular, but uh, in case you couldn't tell, we're talking about desert stuff. Yeah. We're talking about ancient stuff. And we're talking about, I don't know, mummies and stuff. (laughs) Yeah. So where'd you go on vacation, Dev? Yeah. (laughs) Well, I wouldn't call it a vacation (laughs) so much. As being it was dragged, a spiritual journey, a, a mission, yeah. <laughs> and dragged through the ringer really? of of the desert and doing work uh, in a lot of different sense. But yeah, I just spent um, the past like two weeks basically in Egypt, yeah. traveling to Qatar, spending uh, time in Qatar, then going to Cairo. Going up the Nile and what? basically, you went up the Nile? yeah, my well, we st- I stayed right on the Nile <laughs> oh, shit. and got to wake up on the Nile. Which, by the way, Cairo is a crazy and awesome city. Yeah, it's as big as Los Angeles. It's over thirty million people. Jesus, it sky rises everywhere. And my yeah. favorite thing about at Cairo and all of Egypt is there is not a single traffic light anywhere on any road. Holy <laughs> ever. Just there is no traffic signs. It is like, beep, 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 get the oh, fuck God. out of my way, awesome. and let's all try to weave in, and if it's bumper cars, so if we what? nick each other, yeah. so be it. Yeah, as long as oh. it's not too bad, we my can keep God, going. My God, that's that's terrifying. Why, did they that's just, awesome. Do they just not get like the point of, like, like why are there anti-traffic signals? Because they've been doing this shit for like 10,000 years, yeah. and they don't need it. Like, I mean, it sounds like <laughs> yeah. they do need it. That's the thing. It's like, <laughs> Look, there's they, a lot of shit we were doing for 10,000 years, and then something came along that made that thing easier, and now we don't do it that way anymore that's very true but like, i mean they, they, they managed to like function they managed to like drive and not get into car accidents yeah no like, they've learned how to do it yeah la doesn't even fucking know how to drive when it rains outside <laughs> these people have had a lot of experience yeah for sure man that's but cool though it's man. a very beautiful city uh beautiful people beautiful culture everyone i mean despite uh, it's some of its like obvious problems the people when you're on one-on-one relationships and in person with them are so Loving and open, like right. surprisingly, yeah, very, very much so. Um, and shout out to like Cairo PD, which we basically like rented really? for the week. Oh, yeah, we yeah. had police escorts everywhere. Damn. I had like guys with Uzis in their back pockets chilling oh, with me. Shit. Oh, my god, people with AKs like right at our barricade wow. at the hotel. Like, you're, you're reminded that you are in a dangerous place, yeah, but you are paying for the protection of right. you know the nicest of the nice, so right, right. 
Uh, yeah, ladies and gentlemen, we went. I went to uh, Egypt, but I took I film history there vicariously, and that is why you'll see on our social media a bunch of little clips and updates of what dragged me through the desert and how I ended up in the middle of the sand dunes on an ATV uh, behind the pyramids or watching the sunrise from inside the Sphinx Jeez. or singing ancient Egyptian songs in the king's chamber overnight. A uh, life-changing, crazy memorable experience. Yeah. And no wonder The Mummy was made. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Because if I was the writer or the producer of The Mummy, I would have fucking had shit come alive in yeah. CGI too. Definitely and... back in the hotel, just fucking cranking out a script for sure. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. It was it was awesome and unreal. And, you know, I That's don't know incredible. where where to begin on this journey. Dude, I'm so jealous that I'm in denial about it. I didn't think it was even real until I was on. No. All right. So here's a good starting point. So I got, I'm in LA, right? And I leave out of LA to fly to Qatar and I have a layover in Qatar and then go to Cairo. Well, at LAX, me, I'm like, yo, let me get some edibles from LA because like I haven't done medical club edibles in a while. Yeah. So I bought like a bag of moon they were called to the moon indica like chocolate covered blueberries yeah and 100 milligrams and i just ate the whole bag and then went into the international terminal and i'm sitting there in the international (laughs) terminal and so high like Like the the highest i've been in like a year and a half (laughs) and i'm sitting there looking at the airline the airliner to my left and yeah it was like qatar airways and i go Am I going to die on this trip? Yeah, dude. Like, what am I doing? Like, I was like, Devin, you can still turn around. Like, this is the last point. Once you get on that plane, you wow. are you are off yeah. on the adventure. Yeah. And I was, it was, if I hadn't been that high, I wouldn't have had these thoughts. But I was like, oh, man, you are, like, seriously starting to question these decisions right Buy now. Buy the ticket, take the ride, Buy the man. ticket, take the ride. I've been I'm that so way on edibles just going to New Orleans, mm-hmm. you know. <laughs> I'm so, but I made like a video from the airport, like with my mask and pulling it down, saying I am so high. Oh yeah, I remember that video. I saw that video. Yeah, I saw and that video. That was just, you know, the tip of the iceberg. So it was a thirteen and a half hour flight there. By the way, big shout out to Qatar Airways. Cool? Nice as fuck, nice. cheap as fuck, dope. Um, all the stewardesses were super nice, super great service, very comfortable air flight. What? Uh, how long was the flight? 13 and a half hours. Oh, so that bad. That's we not went too bad. ahead in time going there and back in time coming back. So oh, I yeah. went ahead in time to the future yeah. to do spiritual work, to come back in time to the past, to the present. Now you're back in film history for real. Yeah. Now we're back in the present talking about the past. <laughs> <laughs> um, wait, so uh, did, did you take the edibles so you would sleep during that flight? Yeah, like I didn't sleep the night before because I was working mm-hmm. on the laptop and packing mm-hmm. and just couldn't sleep because of the excitement. Yeah. And I figured, you know, all right, let me pop these edibles and I'll sleep for a good eight out of the 12 mm. hours or whatever the flight. Yeah. yeah. But I was so high, I could not fall asleep. No, dude. So this, that I, I relate, I, re- I relate to that so much, man. <laughs> I take edibles before I fly always because I hate flying. I really have anxiety about it. So I'm like, I'm going to take an edible and it'll chill me out. But it always leads to me just like thinking of the plane crash, like every few seconds. Really? It's like, yeah, man, because edibles, it, you know, it's not exactly a great idea if you're trying not to be paranoid, but I, you know, it's like now I'm just now I can just visualize it even better, you know. Yeah. But 
I, I mean, it, I, yeah, I don't it know. I, help. I've never been concerned about a plane ever. Like even yeah. when there's turbulence, it's just like plane classes are are so rare that I'm yeah. just like, ah, where are the where's the I thought where are chances plane, I'm that lucky? <laughs> I thought my I wasn't worried about any of that. I was like, my this plane is going to be attacked by a terrorist. Yeah, that's what's going to happen. <laughs> With my luck, I was like, that's how this ends. Yeah, or oh. you get off and get kidnapped like immediately. So how are how are the how are the seats on a on a airline on a flight that long? Like, are they more like recliners? Like Basic economy was so super comfortable, reclined way. By the way, international airlines shit all over American Airlines. I don't get, not just the company, American Airlines, any like U.S. airline company, any of them. Like I like Delta. I like a couple of them, but like it's so much more luxury. I got like three meals. I know it's a long flight, but still it's like whatever you wanted. You get a blanket, you get a pillow, you get eye coverings, the... You had a TV in front of you, and all of it has like an unlimited, huge catalog what? of movies, music, podcasts. See that I can do. Playing games, that I can do. like and yeah. guess, and I think this is because of the timing of it being like January, February. Yeah. But take a stab at how much my round trip ticket was to Cairo and back. Um, Meanwhile, I... like a first class ticket yeah. on Qatar is going to be like 10, 12 G's. Right. Right. Yeah. So what what do you want to guess economy? Damn, was? that's a hard one. I'd guess five grand. Well, you already grand. told us, so I'm gonna say six hundred dollars. The thing you told us already. Oh really? It was seven hundred. Oh, right? Seven hundred. Damn bucks close. To... Yeah, yeah. What? I mean, I was like before taxes. Yeah. Damn. Shout out Qatar Airways, y'all. Damn. That's nuts. If y'all want me to do a sponsorship for you, please, yeah, I yes, welcome it. I love you. Yeah. You you have earned a customer for life. Like yeah. uh, fuck Emirates. I'm not even gonna fly Emirates. Yeah. I'm just gonna go to Qatar from now on. Fuck, dude. All it's great. Right. Just Damn, hand him might... a PS5 and you get on the plane. Dude, let's <laughs> go do a film history episode from Qatar. So <laughs> one of the reasons I went Qatar was because because Qatar Qatar is actually more east of Cairo than you know Egypt. So it's like you have to go past Egypt, go to Qatar, transfer, and then go back west right. to get back to Cairo. Well, I uh, had a 14-hour layover in Qatar. Yeah. And Qatar Airport, Doha, is the most luxurious big like city that you like it's like a a giant luxury mall with anything you want in it like massage hotels sleep pods restaurants gold stores jewelry fine dining like all kinds of shit um and matt beautiful airport yeah yeah. it's it's gorgeous oh i got footage inside of there and and you'll see uh as the people listening to this can go on our social media right now and watch the video of me in the Qatar in one of the terminals completely alone. And I don't know if it's because, or I say in the video, I don't know if it's because the Qatari army is after me and they've cleared the airport or if I'm really <laughs> getting away with coming in and out and looking for mummies in their country. Uh, or both. But uh, the game plan was when I booked the tickets to go to the airport and Qatar Airways will, you can pay them to take you on a tour of Doha directly from the terminal and they'll pick you up they'll take you around to these different spots and bring you back so you don't have to deal with bags you don't have to do customs and all that Mm, shit super easy and turnkey well what happened between that time of booking and 
the time I got to Qatar is Qatar changed their rules for COVID. And they said these list of countries now, no matter what, have to quarantine for seven days and you can't even leave the terminal. So I got there and they're like, yeah, if you leave the terminal, you have to stay quarantined for seven days. I was like, well, I guess I'm going to enjoy the Qatar airport for half a day. Just, Which is great. I mean, like I said, I got a massage. I got like sleep time in one of the pods. I ate some great food. Yeah, yeah. so I love I love airport terminals. Yeah, like I, yeah. I have a lot of There's fun. Magic. Yeah, because you're nowhere. Yeah, you're in between. Yeah, you're, you're in, in you're in, in between. purgatory. Yeah, like, you cool. are. Yeah, like. I lo- I've, it's so funny because I there's cities that I've been to in America, but I've never been. I've just yeah. been to their airport. Oh, yeah, yeah, know? Dallas. I've only ever yeah. been to Dallas <laughs> Airport. Yeah. yeah. I love the Dallas Airport. Dude, yeah. the Dallas Airport is good. It's huge. Yeah. One of, so one of the things that scared the shit out of me, and I, I kind of was debating whether it was scary or comforting, is when I was at LAX, I was looking out the window at the Qatar Airways plane, and every technician and every stewardess that came on board they checked ID and they had a security guy there wanding them. Wow. And I was like, oh, these motherfuckers are looking for weapons and bombs. Yeah, they're serious. And I was like, I'm going into a different world. Yeah. They don't, I've never seen that happen on yeah. any American flight or any yeah. other U.S. Yeah. flight. And I was like, part of me is like, is they doing this just because we're at LAX, like to keep up appearances? Right. Or are they really, is this their standard procedure? Yeah. And then I got to Qatar and I was like, Oh, this is standard procedure. Yeah. Like, even in the transfer terminal, we got scanned and went through checkpoints twice again. Wow. So, when you get off your plane to go into the transfer terminal, you got to go through a security checkpoint. They made me throw out my axe. Damn it. What? What? Come on, man! It's axe. Like, oh, man. oh, the axe body spray. Yeah, not like a like a physical axe. <laughs> I thought like I was like, spray. why did you think you could take an axe into an airport? It wouldn't let me bring my chains. <laughs> my hatchet. Come on. <laughs> no, no, the no, body your spray. Axe body spray. Oh, okay. Yeah. I guess you know they explosions. They thought you'd smell whatever. too good. I don't. Yeah. No, they, I it was. Know. It was. It was just because it was axe. They were right. like, why is this not old spice? This is banned here. <laughs> this is not allowed in these countries. <laughs> it's against our religion. Boycott. So I'm reading that that airport you're talking about, the Doha Airport has been named like the best airport in the world for like alive. years in a row yeah multiple years in a row yeah so yeah oh so the gates the gates have all glassed in like uh entry points so imagine going to like lax you get into the terminal and then your gate is like you know c20 or something right yeah. there's another security checkpoint and that c20 is in case you have to get through that and then sit inside of that and wait to get Damn. on the plane holy shit so you gotta go Continuously, continuously through security. Oh, they're just making sure you Which don't is great. Win. Yeah, I for feel sure. safe. Yeah, definitely. Or, yeah. Or maybe safer inside, not so safe outside. Yeah. If traveling to any risky country at all, not that Qatar is risky, but Egypt is kind of a little, um, highly recommend going to the U.S. State Department's website and let them know your travel plans. You can do it remotely. And they will notify the local embassy, so that way, if anything does happen, they have your passport where oh, you're right. staying. Oh, cool! And at least right. like, they, so if you lose you know, your passport, you go to the embassy, and they'd be like, right. "We got a new one right, for you." Right. Yeah. And okay. like, they're like, "Oh, you gave us a heads up," mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. And also, like, you probably at that point won't get stopped by like you know customs from the U.S. side mm-hmm. because they're like, "Oh, this motherfucker told us he was going to Egypt a month before," not yeah. like. Out of the blue, just like yeah. Yeah. bought a ticket. What's your and business went. here? Right, 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 right. I was worried that they were gonna like uh, have give me a hard time coming back into the country because I don't have any other stamps in my passport. Right. Like this is a new passport, and like Egypt would have been the first one. And I feel like mm-hmm. they would have been like, 
Why did you go to Egypt all of a sudden? Yeah. When, when we're telling every American not to. Right. Because of terrorism and COVID. Yeah. Um, and I've just been like, yo, pyramids, bro. Yeah. This is pyramids, oh, yeah. I got to see them real. Have you seen the mummy? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Speaking of, by the way. Why are that you is, not going to Egypt? That's, uh, that's the next big episode. We're going to do the mummy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. All, this, all this Egypt hype got yeah. us hyped. For, yeah, yeah. Dad's yeah. fresh from Egypt. We want to we wanna do it, man. So I'm going to give you all the lowdown on some of the actual facts and history of that area. And then we'll get in. The next episode to the facts and history of the movie. Yeah. So it's a good groundwork, a good laying yeah. of the seas, a painting the the picture yeah. of the time and era. Yeah. And we'll the, see how much the movie just completely butchered about the history of well, that region. <laughs> one thing I know already right off the bat that I'll want to get into is his name, Imhotep. Because that was like the architect of Egypt, basically, like that whole thing. But like, wasn't he just an actual architect? But in the mummy, they made him like a king or something. So yeah, a couple different things. There's a lot of disputes about who built what and when. Right, right. The official story from the antiquity Ministry of Antiquities of Egypt mm. is one version, but that version has to be. Um, I mean, written in accordance with the history of Muhammadan Muslim religion. Right. So, like, they I they see. say, you know, like, one date of one pyramid is only, like, 2,000 years old because it fits the narrative of everything else. But they don't really have a dating of it. They can't date stone, so they're just kind of guessing. Right. So they're like, we're just going to guess this date just because... It fits with all the other timeline, but there's no real way to know. And now there's been a lot of like geological evidence and other evidence coming out. Can you carbon just, date it? it there's, it's not carbon. Mm. Carbon's living things. It's stone. Oh, it mm. could be thousands of years old. You oh. have no idea. You can carbon okay. date like the wood within the stone or any of those things, but right. there is none of that. Yeah, we'll get into that, and I'll tell you firsthand. The pyramids are crazy. Those pyramids, <laughs> dude. Um, so. Qatar is beautiful. Go to Qatar. Shout out to Qatar. World Cup 2022 is in Qatar this year. Yeah. If you guys have free time and you want to go to a beautiful place in the Middle East that is very safe and secure and very like uh, on the cutting edge of technology and society and wow. oil money. Like when I say oil money, I mean like oil money. Yeah, yeah. Everything is super nice. Uh, I think they're probably even more rich than... United Arab Emirates. Probably. So, yeah. Um, their, their city looks like the fucking, like a sci-fi movie. Like it's, it's it's beautiful. Yeah. And it's right on the Red Sea right there. So it's like, um, wow. or not on yeah. the Red Sea, but on the, the Gulf, right across from Iran. But it was, yeah, the water there. is gorgeous. Oh, wow. Yeah. It's like a high-tech future city. Yeah. It's like a Dubai kind of? It's yeah. like more nice than Dubai. Wow. I would wow. say. Yeah. And it's the, it's like the, I think it's the hidden gem that is slept on, at least by the West. Mm, right. People yeah. out there know. Yeah, but you know, people over here don't really. Right, remember. right. Because yeah. I didn't even know anything about Qatar yeah. until I did this, and one of the whole reasons I wanted to go this extra distance was to have this experience of being in this other country that I knew nothing about. Yeah. And I was like, this will be part of the fun. I'll go there for half a day. I'll get to tour Qatar and go tour mm. Doha via the airlines and have it all inclusive yeah. for cheap. And then you know, go off to adventure to another country. So. Yeah. yeah. Good, good thing. Did they specifically let you know? They're like, yo, hey, just before you walk out those doors, like, no, you're going to be gone for seven days. Or did you like yeah, read? Yeah, no, I like went okay. up to like the tour desk in the terminal and I'm like, yo, so uh, I wanted to like book one of these tours that you guys offer. And like, you know, I'm here for a long layover. And yeah. they're like, where are you from? 
was the first question they asked. And they were like, um, oh, I said America. And they were like, oh, well, here's the list of like red listed countries right now. Yeah. And America's on one of them. But they were like, if you were from like the UAE next door, you could do it. Yeah. You know? Well, good thing you asked and didn't just like walk out the door and be like, ah, oh, what's to get to? And then get back to the airport well, you and be like, to, yeah. yeah. You have to start in the terminal though mm. and give them your passport. Right. And everything. Oh, okay. Like, so they know, would let like, you know. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, and That's even so if you crazy. walked out, they would check you on the way out your passport yeah. and be like, you're coming into the country, like yeah. customs. Oh, yeah, So yeah. they would let you know then, too. Okay, where are you staying? You got to quarantine. How far yeah. is Qatar from Cairo? Three and a half hour flight. Okay. So I went past Cairo, um, and then and the flight goes up to, like, the North Pole. So I went up north over Greenland wow. through Iceland what? and came back down through You saw Europe. that through your window and shit? I mean, no. We were 30,000 feet up in the air. <laughs> I saw it on the flight dinosaur. tracker. Hell yeah. It was just cool to see. Uh, and I got a story about that coming back. So coming back, I'll just say right now, um, we went from Qatar directly north over the Ukraine-Russian border. Oh. While Russia was invading, like I landed and my phone was like, oh, there's an invasion. So we must have been one of the last commercial flights allowed to go through the airspace. Wow. Holy shit. It was very, very crazy. Shout out to Ukraine for standing up against the Russians. Yeah, dude. President Zelensky, dude. What a G. I need ammunition, not a ride. Fuck yeah. The war is here, baby. Why am I leaving? (laughs) So Egypt doesn't care about COVID. There was, like, no requirements going in. That's one of the reasons I went. And I had just recovered from COVID in January, so I felt very safe and comfortable. Had I not gotten COVID in January, I probably wouldn't have gone on this trip. Right. Just because, like, I didn't, you know, it's international COVID. That's, like, different level COVID than, like, (laughs) neighborhood COVID. Like, neighborhood COVID I'm fine with. Yeah. But, like, I don't know what fucking kind of viral shit I'm getting out of the Nile. You're going to be quarantined in a pyramid. (laughs) Yeah, no shit. That's even more terrifying. Living with the mummy. (laughs) So, we get to Egypt, and I I went on this trip for two reasons with two different groups. Um, I am a Rosicrucian, the ancient mystical order of the Rosy Cross, which is Amork. Um, and we are a group of, it's a school of philosophy and esoteric knowledge that studies the natural laws of the universe and how we can apply them to ourselves to become better people and better versions of ourselves men and women it's just a school so it's not like the freemasons it's not like any of that other crazy stuff but it is very uh knowledge based and history based the largest collection of egyptian artifacts outside of egypt is in our museum in san jose california so we are like shepherds of Egypt's culture and trying to promote it and uh, preserve it and share it with people in the West and all over the world. Right. And because of that, we've gotten unfettered, unique access to all these ancient sites over the decades and over the millennia. Yeah. So I wanted to go because of that reason and having that ability to have access in those kind of perks in this land as of one thing. But um, I went with a group in an event called Yosoi. 2022, which was organized by a guy named Matthias De Stefano, who has a show on Gaia. And um, Matthias talks a lot about um, esotericism, the dimensions, spirituality, meditation, and kind of like, you know, the same principles of like creating a better version of yourself to just, you know, refine and, and be 
the best version. But the way you do that is by studying like the mathematics, the geometry of the universe and like how it all works, physics and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. So this event was uh, because of the date of February 2nd. To oh, 22, 2022. Oh, right. Oh, I yep. see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. basically in geological evidence based, and this is like stuff that Randall Carl Dr. Randall Carlson uh did, um, Graham Hancock, Dr. Robert Schock, uh twelve thousand years ago there was a cataclysmic event where basically one or several asteroids hit North America during the ice age and it flash flooded the North American ice shelf. And that's what caused the rising of the seawater and sort of supposedly destroyed all these ancient civilizations that were rumored to exist, like Atlantis or like Gobekli Tepe that they just discovered that was purposely buried. So we know from all the archaeological evidence that there was, and geological evidence, that there was this big, giant event 12,000 years ago of a massive flood. And this is where we get a lot of the biblical stories of the Great Flood. And it's not just Christianity. It started, like, that story started in Sumeria and Babylon and then Egypt. And if you look at, like, the myth of Osiris and Isis, it's all the same. And it just transfers these different, the same uh, analogy and metaphor for a story yeah. the same archetypes transfer each culture and just get called different names uh, yeah you know? right right so like Horus and Jesus and all that stuff yeah well like, like if you go like Horus it was Thoth and like Thoth the god of knowledge in Egypt became Hermes Hermes Trismegistus right. in Greece right which then just changed kind of names and kept like going and you know, whatever yeah yeah um and by the way, the name of the term alchemy is from Egypt. Uh, Kemet was the name of ancient Egypt because Kemet meant the black land and it was for the fertile Nile soil delta mm. where agriculture was very widespread. And Egypt looks a lot like Florida. Right. Like, yeah. It's like exactly the same vegetation on the Nile. Palm trees hanging over, tropical. Right. Looked like a fucking Florida canal. The only difference was instead of black soil dirt, it was just like clay dirt right. but I can imagine like when that shit was rainforest like 10 12,000 years ago yeah. it was just another Florida yeah. <laughs> I'm telling yeah. you dude, it was very reminiscent mm. of it it was kind of crazy 12, and it's the same latitude down there like, <laughs> yeah. so uh, Al means the magic Kemet means the black land the magic of the black land or the science of the black land was Al-Kami Al-Kemet okay. Al-Kemet is what they said in Egypt when it transferred to Greece it became came alchemy okay mm. so that is the origins of that term and the sciences what they would call sciences but they were a mix of science and religion kind mm-hmm. of stuff yeah. um and those came from the mystery schools of egypt where where you would study these different laws of nature and how things worked how to build an aqueduct how to do all that and the pharaohs would be basically like the best students of those schools so that they would be the best able to lead uh, and have the most knowledge okay so like the the pyramid the symbol of like the pyramid on everything and having right. like the eye at the top was like having that knowledge so that you could influence and like lead it, or before dynastic egypt and pre-dynastic what's called the golden age of egypt which was a matriarchy women led the society right. it was very like knowledge for everyone but then this cataclysmic event happened and everyone was like Fuck that. We got to do what is in our own best interest to survive. So let's focus on ourselves. And then men kind of came the dominant figures of let's get, you know, let's organize, get the shit done. We're going to do things this way and blah, 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 and stern. And 
that transition came from some some astrologers figured out an eclipse and were able to time it. Wow. So these Egyptian and predating that, maybe even like Babylonian, Sumerian, figured out when uh, an eclipse of the sun was going to happen. And the sun was the god Ra and the moon was his evil brother Set. Hmm. So they would say... I know they figured out when an eclipse was going to happen. They said, in, they went to the townspeople and they said, in three days, Set is going to eat Ra unless you all worship me and give me your power Whoa. so I can ask the gods yeah. to release that. And all the citizens of the town were like, oh, yeah, yeah, bullshit, whatever. And, and then three down. days later, it happened. And then the like eclipse happens and they're like standing, like, moving at them pretending to move it themselves yeah. and meanwhile the people like don't understand that this is just like a natural a temporary thing yeah. astrological event right. but yeah. they think it's like these gods doing it and they're like convinced now oh shit we do have to worship this pharaoh Whoa. let's give this pharaoh the power so that by the pharaoh knowing the astrological the sacred knowledge yeah. they're able to wield that as influence over wow. the populace interesting as a control fascinating so that is where good. that kind of symbology and symbolism comes from yeah. wow uh, so Very when cool. did when did alchemy become synonymous of turning lead into gold in the renaissance in europe so um alchemy became then the precursor after the dark ages in the enlightenment for chemistry and you'd have guys like newton who wrote more about alchemy than they did about mathematics mm. and he's the father of modern calculus right so it's crazy to see you have volumes and volumes of books about alchemy when you also invented calculus yeah it's kind of crazy but um it is crazy in the in the enlightenment era it was used a lot of uh these talks in these groups were used as metaphors because the Catholic church was going to just burn people at the stake for doing anything other than Catholic and call you a devil worshiper. Yeah. So if you didn't believe in the Holy Trinity, if you didn't believe in Christ, you didn't believe in all that, they'd call you a heretic. Yeah. yeah and they'd yeah. just kill you. Like Spanish yeah. Inquisition. Like Newton didn't release any of this publicly about that during this time because he would have been ousted from right. London college of science and all the, his esteemed prestigious positions and yeah. all this shit. So what it means is turning the lead version of your soul into the gold, most refined version of your soul. It is not. Oh, it was, actually, a, me it was a metaphor. Yes. Right. Which as most things are. So yeah, a basic alchemical yeah. analogy, a chemical phrase used is mercury, sulfur, and salt equals salt. So if you take right. mercury and sulfur and you put them together over fire and like a Bunsen burner and a, and a beaker, it creates salt, right? That's like a chemistry thing. Well, if you look at that from a metaphor, both mercury and sulfur are harmful to the human body. If you take either one of them independently, right. they're poisonous to you and can kill you. Right. But if you put them together over willpower of the fire of what you're trying to like change something yeah. and create, they become essential, something essential to you like salt. Right. So I use this as, this is like how I stopped drinking. So I gave up alcohol because I, it did not serve me anymore. It was harmful to me, to my, day-to-day -day life and right. my ability to function. But I was like, how am I going to mentally not want to drink? How am I going to like think through this in my head? And I go, okay, I'm going to treat alcohol like I'm allergic to something. I'm allergic to shellfish. I can't eat shellfish. I'll just break out in hives. Right. It's never been an issue. I've never craved shellfish because I know it's like harmful to me. So yeah. I just think about alcohol as being allergic to it and I no longer have a drive. Right. So alcohol itself would be like a sulfur 
And then the allergy would be uh, the mercury. And I put them together mentally and through my willpower, use them and combine them. And it creates something essential for me to live, which is like sobriety. Right. Yeah. So that is like mental alchemy and a version of that. And the, the great thinkers were more interested in that than necessarily they were turning actual lead into gold. For sure. Right. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So a lot of this is like hidden meanings and layers of symbolism. And they're their layers to protect themselves from prosecution from the church. Right. Oh, yeah. interesting. So it's okay. like, it's not secret necessarily to yeah. be withholding and controlling. It's secret so we yeah. don't get killed. Right, yeah. yeah. That's how, dude, That that's a lot of the Bible as well. A lot of the Bible is just like, it was all meant to be, you know, allegories and metaphors and shit like that. By the way, uh, you know, in the beginning of the Bible in Genesis, they talk about multiple gods. Oh, really? I've never read it. Yeah. yeah. Seems like a boring read. I, I brought this up to... <laughs> James, I'm not, I, I, Drake, I'm not surprised because yeah, you haven't yeah. seen like nine out of the ten movies we talk about. <laughs> yeah. Why would you read like the one book in history <laughs> yeah. like three billion people on the planet read? I was waiting for the movie. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Well, well, there's there's, Mel there's been a couple. Yeah. <laughs> Mel Gibson already did it, man. He <laughs> did half of it. He did half of it. That's right. He didn't do the, yeah, he didn't do the, uh, you know. The is it written part. in like Shakespeare language? Like, is it a, like, is it a good read or is it going to be a lot of just word jumble? Yeah, there's word jumble. Uh, but you should read every, at least portions of every significant religious text to understand culture and mindset. Like, there's parts of the Old Testament that are fascinating in the way that it's written. It's, some of it's really boring, obviously, too, mm-hmm. but there's also parts of, like, the Bhagavad Gita and, mm-hmm. like, the Talmud and, like, the, the Quran that are, like... Like, the Quran mm-hmm. is poetry in it that's, like, beautiful. Yeah, the Quran. Like, yeah. you don't have to subscribe to the ideas to appreciate... Right. Like, you don't for have sure. to, like, love Shakespeare to appreciate Shakespeare. Mm-hmm. Right, yeah. right. You know? Yeah, for sure. And sure. It's, Yeah, and the message, you mm-hmm. know? I think that it was all about like the fucking message, which I mean, some of it nowadays doesn't exactly hold up either. You know, mm. the message that some biblical stories have, <laughs> like uh, women shouldn't be teachers and, you know, well, uh, slaves or for good, sure. You but know. you got to think. Um, all right. So here's a good way to look at it. These religions, um, Islam, Judaism and Christianity were all formed in the desert. Yeah. And when you are existing in the desert, your God, which would be like the Egyptians would call Ra, the sun. If you're walking through the desert, you have very stringent rules or else you die. Like you Mm. have to like not be exposed to heat. Don't eat pork. Don't do this. Or else if you do do these, God will kill you. Yeah. Whereas like, if you go ask a tribe in the rainforest, why am I? They're not afraid of the sun. They right, don't have stringent right. rules because the sun is the giver of life. Right. right. They love the sun. Wait, like, why, why does it. why does pork become deadly in the desert? Goes I don't bad. know. I'm just I, I'm just throwing it out. <laughs> okay. It's like one of the yeah. rules that is like a part of these religions. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, man. They, they don't just be they, ham they, out those there. those pr- three particular <laughs> no, religions sure. are just yeah. more like. Do this, don't do that. Do this, don't do that. Desert Whereas, code. Like, yeah. Tribal. <laughs> this is desert law. Right. Yeah. Right, right, right. Well, desert, so. Ancient desert law at that, you know, thousands of years ago. Fucking, yeah. Right. Some, but uh, all that, all so, that, all that right. pork eating, shh, not so, here. All, all of that being said, <laughs> yeah. uh, I went on this trip because of uh, Mateus De Stefano, who yeah. is a fascinating human being, uh, a wonderful soul, a really great light and and loving person i get to meet him he's he's 
awesome, and I found out about him on Aubrey Marcus's podcast the last week of December. Oh, shit. Had no idea about any of this. He's been working on this trip for 10 years. Wow. He's been going to ancient sites around the world for yeah. 10 years, doing different exercises and work, planning for this exact moment, Damn. and having all this lead up to it. By the way, there was 1,300 people wow. that went on this trip. Um, which is unheard of. Never before has that happened in the pyramid complex, never yeah. before in the Sphinx, never before in Cairo and Egypt. And that's why I said we ran it basically yeah. the Cairo PD. Yeah. Um, but Holy shit, uh, I encourage everyone to go check out uh, Assyrian Foundation or Yosoy uh, 2022, any of that stuff or any of Mateus's work. It's really good, really fascinating. And, uh, you know, all comes from a good place of love. So, I found out, I listened to him on Aubrey's podcast, and I was like, yo, all of the stuff that I've been studying with alchemy and Rosicrucians and Freemasonry and ancient history, I've been like, he put it together and explained it in a very palatable, concise manner. And it was like this one bit of information of truth I heard over here, and this one thing over here, and this all kind of came together and fit like, oh, yes, this makes sense. This is how it works. This, This feels right. Um... Okay, cool. So, like, I heard about that, and then Aubrey posted on his Instagram about this Yo Soy trip in January, and I was like, all right, let me go check it out. Let me see what this entails. And I looked at the cost in the package, and I go, you know what? I'm going to do it. Fuck yeah, this. Hell yeah. This, something's just drawing me to it. Yeah. I need this right now in my life. It's, you know, serendipitously, he's going to call. So I go try to book, and the, it was too late, and the website, like, closed for reservations, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm calling the foundation. I'm emailing them, trying to get in, see if there's last open spots. Yeah. And uh, I realized they're on Argentinian time, which is, like, a couple hours ahead of Florida time. Right. And they go on siesta at, like, 2 p.m. So I'm just calling too late. Yeah. So I'm like, I'm going to set my alarm at 5 a.m. tomorrow, and I'm going to make sure to call them. It's, like, the last day to be able to pay and get registered and present right. our passports to Egypt so the government has our shit right. to be able to have access to all of this. Um, and I set an alarm and I woke up the next morning to a text from them saying, hey, we got another spot. You want to come? Whoa. It's one of the last spots. Oh, cool. So that was the start yeah. of like serendipity cool. of yeah. like, hey, oh, you're probably meant to do this. So the energy's in the air. Cool. Uh, dude, it's, and, this was such profound, life-changing shit. I can't even articulate it in words in this podcast, clearly. Take me through walking into the pyramid. like First, let me take you through the event. Okay. So the event ground, the pyramid complex has uh, the Marriott uh, Mena House, which is a really nice old palace, now owned by the yeah. Marriott as a hotel. Right. But it has a golf course in like a like an event center that they use for weddings called the Kundalini. And we were doing our daily shit, our ex- workshops, exercises, activities, stuff there, which the pyramids are in the backdrop. So I'll share yeah. photos on our Instagram and on our website and all that stuff. Um, and you guys can see what I'm talking about and on my personal. But that was the setting that we walk into. Right. And when we walk into the event, the first day it rains. And it's really good luck for it to That's rain in Cairo right. because it's like L.A. It only rains like three times a year. Yeah. So yeah. we all, all, the whole 1,300 of us go into this event. And there's like this big archway that the event put on as the entrance yeah. and the winds like right as the last people walked in the winds knocked it over and blocked the entranceway like a barricade <laughs> like shit. nope you're done no more people coming in like, so right then we we're like uh okay yeah. this is dope yeah. um each 
one of the groups was represented by an element. So we had water, fire, earth, air, and ether. Okay. And I was in the fire group. That's why I have nice. this fire band still on. I see. And uh, it was just very ironic to be like, you know, in the middle of the desert while it's raining and being a part of fire. Yeah. And it's the first day I'm with my group for the first time meeting these people that I've only talked with on like Skype and Zoom right. and uh, WhatsApp and stuff right. from all over the world. And I bust out my speaker and start playing a DJ sesh. <laughs> In front of the Great Pyramids, because I'm the only one with music and yeah. internet connection. Yeah. And now you have like a thousand people on a stage with my little JBL boombox <laughs> bumping it just in. And I'm like, this is going to be a good trip. So, playing like Burning Man music. Yeah. And, like, <laughs> techno yeah. in the middle of that, Starting it off right. Oh, that's funny. Um, that's hilarious. So each group goes in for different reasons, doing different exercises in the king's chamber of the pyramid overnight each night from every hour from like 10 p.m to like 5 a.m and the first night our group went in at 3 a.m so at night i get there we do our day's activities we go back to our hotel eat dinner some of us went to sleep i couldn't sleep i didn't i barely slept on this trip at all yeah um i just lived off of like red bull but uh walking into the so going in at night is a totally different experience in the day because everything's cleared. You don't have any hustlers there. It's just you mm-hmm. and like guards. And the guards are all aware and they know. Right. There is no hieroglyphs inside any of the Great Pyramids. Right. There are hieroglyphs in the Valley of the Kings and all the other pyramids that were tombs. There's beautiful artwork, beautiful carvings on the walls. But you walk inside the Great Pyramid and you... It, it is a different vibe and experience. They wouldn't let us take any recording equipment in. Otherwise, um, I would be love to yeah. have shown you guys yeah. and yeah. wear the GoPro and stuff like yeah. that. But they were just like, no, nah, it's not about that. Is it all right. by torchlight? No, but they do run like battery-powered lights like what you got okay. or like extension cords with like holograms. Right. Or not holograms, like collagen <laughs> lights. Yeah. Like work yeah. lights and yeah, shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the entrance to the tunnel, first of all, is like carved out, like chiseled out tunnel when you mm-hmm. first walk inside. So you got to walk up the pyramid steps mm-hmm. a little bit like the um, first. Mm-hmm. And the stones, when you touch them, are giant blocks of quartz. They're not like limestone. Mm-hmm. They're like crystal, like thick blocks of Whoa. fucking unpolished crystal. Whoa. Like it, like the size of this table, dude. It's Gee, crazy. Wow, it's Huge. You just put your arm on it. And you're like, whoa, I feel this energy and power. Yeah. Yeah. So you go in and you walk through the dark tunnel and like, it's like you're going into an initiatory process. Like, you know, Luke and like Yoda and shit in the yeah. tunnel. It felt like that. Yeah. Whoa. Yeah. yeah. Like yeah, you're yeah, walking yeah. in you're like, I don't know what I'm getting into. This is crazy. Cause like, like you would think like if you walk in and there's artwork and torchlights, you're like, Oh, this, I get this. It's like, right. this is like, what am I walking into? A tomb. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's not but, a tomb. Right. Okay. It's a tool. Uh, gotcha. And I'm going to get gotcha. into that. Okay. All the right. rest of them are tools, gotcha. tombs. Yeah. But these were built before all the rest. The right. construction is um, incredibly different and incredibly more precise, mm-hmm. more like with the technology that we have now, we cannot replicate the exactness of the pyramids of Giza. Right. Even now with laser cutting stones, all that shit. Can't That's do nuts, it. Man. It's impossible. So going through a main tunnel And um, then you walk into what's called the Grand Gallery. And the Grand Gallery is like this vertical, like imagine like, I don't know, a trapezoid, I guess is the shape or or like 
a, a hall where it's like a, a slow angle up that you're walking up and the ceilings are very high and vaulted. So it's not like a cramped tunnel that you're squishing down in. You go in that for like uh, like 20 yards and then opens up into this big thing. And you walk up, like escalator stairs, but without escalator. You know, it's just like that kind of angle and just going up a long distance. Yeah. And then you have to crouch down and go through a tiny little tunnel, basically on like all fours, to get yeah. into the king's chamber itself. Wow. But in the Grand Gallery, um, you can talk like this and it's just normal and no echo no vibration but when you hit certain tones like um it resonates with a cacophony that is like you're on a microphone it's so crazy you're like these bitches were built for sound yeah 110 percent. there is no way they were used for anything else none of the other pyramids do this right it's only these three and when you go inside the king's chamber it becomes all granite these giant blocks of granite that are so wedged together without any like cement in between, without any filler. You just like, you run your hands along the wall and it's so smooth. Yeah. And the ground, it's all so smooth. You're, you, you think you're in like a Beverly Hills mansion. That's nice. Like, in wow. the, like more wow. precise than the grotto of fucking, you know, yeah. Hughes place. How yeah. big is the King's Chamber? Like, how many people can big fit? Big enough to fit 90 people in there. Yeah. Okay, wow. Yeah. Um, so did it, did it, like you said it, the whole group was thirteen hundred. So like they basically like they every hour we had ninety plus people in the king's chamber. Okay, so they were like cycling in yep. the groups and stuff. Okay, yeah. cool, cool, wow. And right. each group had different songs and phonetic notes that we would memorize to sing in there. Mm. But then that was only about five to seven minutes worth right. of stuff. The rest of the time was all improvisation, mm. and we as a group would kind of collectively just sing notes they wouldn't even words be like oh, oh and like crescendos and different octaves right. different harmonies bro 90 people maybe 15 of us had music experience yeah all of us were in soon doing like eight part harmonies that's so great i've never yeah. experienced it in my life anything like this in professional choruses i've sang with yeah. it was insane that i didn't know how it that. happened yeah it was very just like on a different wavelength yeah dude yeah. for real yeah so um, it, it being in the chamber was amazing because we all go in there and we sit on the floor barefoot and turn the light off. So wow. we're in pitch black singing this. Damn. And the music in there, when you hit these notes, dude, you feel the, the sound is so like resonant and like amplified that you feel it down like to the cells of your body. Like I can't even explain it. You know, yeah. like you get in a concert and you're like standing in front of a giant subwoofer. Yeah. Like that times a thousand. Wow. So above the king's chamber, the king's chamber is uh, structured like a rectangular box. And above it are these uh, hollowed out cavities in the same dimensions of the chamber itself, except they're not as tall. So they're like, I don't know, like maybe a yard tall instead of like several feet, you know, several yards tall. And there's four of them and then the last one is like a, a teepee it almost looks like um one of those designs of like a japanese house like an old right. style japanese house where like it's like a, tears uh-huh. yeah. uh, but it's all enclosed in stone and they didn't know it existed until a few years ago where they did like ground penetrating radar and yeah. it detected it right you were telling me about these so, like air pockets right they're yeah. like air pockets so when you sing in the chamber right. it actually is built to resonate whatever you're singing yeah. It's oh. built to amplify it. Damn. So they would sit in these chambers and like granite is a conducting stone. So imagine like from a 
from an electrical engineering standpoint, you got these granite conducting stone is like the copper wire and quartz and outside of the quartz would be limestone would be like the insulation. And they have the, the King's chamber in the middle, but then they have these granite shafts going down into the aquifer, the limestone aquifer underneath the pyramid, which the Nile came right up to the Sphinx in the pyramid when all this, before they built this dam, which moved the Nile, they, the Nile used to come right up to these pyramids and flood all the time. So when the water rised and fall over the limestone bedrock, and this happens in Florida with the aquifer, it creates like a static charge. Yeah, for sure. A static charge would get harnessed and funneled through these granite, basically, tubes. Yeah. And you can imagine, like, rayon gas and shit being in there and, like, going and sparking, like, causing all these, like, different strobe lighting effects. Yeah. Going oh up God. through the tubes from underground into the center of the pyramid directly to the king's chamber. And then, yeah. like, priests and stuff just, like, taking ayahuasca and stuff and, like, <sighs> just charging up and, like, singing these crazy songs while they got, like, Tesla coils coming out of their fingertips. Jesus, no wonder everybody man. thought they were gods. Seriously. You know? Yeah. <laughs> That's Dude, awesome. It is, those pyramids are 110% unequivocally not fucking tombs right. there's no chance in hell right that people died and were buried in there there's, right there's just no writing on the they, they weren't they were built with functionality yeah they yeah, weren't yeah, like yeah. you can go visit the other sites around egypt you can go visit the tombs you're like this is totally different yeah so right right, 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 right. Uh, right. Did, would uh so none of that electricity was like dangerous to the person like wouldn't like well, fry it's them static it's oh, okay not, and, yeah. and they also had and this is they found them in iraq and they called them a babylon battery so they yeah. had these jars with different pieces of metal that would go into these mm-hmm. jars of like water and different solutions yeah. that would hold charge yeah. that they would use to hold electric current whoa so and wild. these are like whoa. ancient ancient batteries that are mm-hmm. 100% like not this isn't woo woo this is like ar- no, yeah. archaeological like right. university accredited fucking science wow imagine sitting there chanting and all of a sudden your whole body is like yeah. static electricity yeah oh, you're like i'm a god so like, did, was this was this all ceremonial and stuff or did i did like the did it serve a function outside of that as well um both ceremonial and the the concept was is to basically jump start like a battery the ley lines of the earth So the pyramids of Egypt are positioned on, there's these things called ley lines and the ley lines are like longitude and latitude lines that exist underneath in the earth's crust that are electrical currents. They're very, 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 very small wattage and small amplitude, but you can measure them. They're scientifically accurate there. And most ancient sites around the world occur on the nexus of these ley lines, like Stonehenge, um, the Aztecs, the Mayans, Tulum, Gobekli Tepe, like all these ancient sites occur at these nexus points for whatever reasons the ancients could tell where these were and built their fucking temples and shit on them. So the goal being the cataclysmic event 12,000 years ago, exactly to like this date, um, knocked all of this off and threw it all off and caused us to like go into decline of right. like of the wavelength of consciousness. Imagine mm-hmm. like consciousness being like a sine wave up and down, up mm-hmm. and down, up and down. And that hit us and we were on the decline going into the dark ages. And now we're on the comeback up, right? Mm-hmm. So by using sound and, you know, I guess energy and spirituality. And by the way, I'm going to preface this with like, who knows if this worked and it doesn't really matter. Right. What matters is what it did to us as individuals mm-hmm. more than anything else. For sure. Yeah. yeah it yeah. really does. I, I really don't, 
I don't care whether it created an f- actual physical effect or a tangible effect that's measurable by science. Right. And, and it may have, it may not have. We didn't do it from a science perspective. Right. You know, we didn't test it. We didn't put it through the scientific method. Yeah. Th- those are things that do need to happen that, to formulate a accurate hypothesis and even then a tested theorem. Yeah. So I am very much literate and well, ver- and well, respe- I respect very much the scientific process. Mm-hmm. So I want to, for everybody listening, and who's like, who is this guy talking about this fucking nonsense? Mm. Um, it's one thing to sit here and listen to it. It's another thing to be in the chamber. No, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Yeah. I, I encourage everyone to go and listen and like, try to get a trip to Egypt mm-hmm. and you'll just, you'll see what I'm talking about. Yeah. Like you'll just see the watermarks on the temples. Mm, right. You'll, you'll, when you're there in person, you'll be like, feel the fucking granite and how smooth it is from one stone to another. And there's a line in between. Yeah. I was just it's looking like, at it. It's, no it, cuts. It's so crazy how like modern. All really dark too. Look. It's like, like dark granite. Right? Oh, wow. Yeah. There you go. Just looks like a damn. It just, wow. it looks like machine cut. Yeah. Stone. Yeah. Wow. And that, uh, sarcophagus in there was added later. That was not a part of the original build. Gotcha. Oh. So that was probably added during like dynastic Egypt, yeah. not during the golden age. You can see how built. different it looks. They're like, we, we got this cuff, we got to put it somewhere. Well, yeah. there's a whole room in that pyramid that we don't <laughs> use. Exactly. Well, they used so, to like fill that sarcophagus up with yeah. water and then they'd sit in that and do their shit. It looks different. The stone looks shittier than the older stone yeah. around it. Yeah. Cause that's one of the, one of the reasons why I want to go see them is because there's, they talk about how old they are, and one of the things that I always think about is like how Cleopatra is closer to the invention of the car than she was the building of the pyramids. Absolutely. You know? Yeah, and that's how when she was yeah. around, like they were already kind of like they are now. Super you know, old. Like yeah. super old. Water erosion on the side of the Sphinx from when the Sphinx from when it rained consistently. Yeah. It's not wind erosion, so. The last time it rained consistently in Egypt was ten to 12,000 years ago when Egypt was more like a rainforest yeah. than it was like a desert. So the Sphinx had to be built long enough before that time period to have the, the erosion, erosion for yeah, thousands. Yeah. So if the last time it rained was 10,000, then yeah. it, it, at least... 5,000 years earlier than that. Yeah. Right. And then the slab that the Sphinx is on is older than the Sphinx itself. Yeah, for yeah. sure. And wow. then it, it stood that long, and then some American soldiers in World War II shot its nose off. That was World War II? Yeah. I thought it was older than that. Some Americans that did it? <laughs> yeah. It was some Americans with a thirty caliber machine gun. Was just for funsies, or was it accident? Just kind of fun. Oh. They were just shooting at the it. Sphinx is really small. Shots. Really? It's not. Yeah, I noticed that. I noticed that in your pictures. Yeah, like I noticed that in the thing, and that's what I've heard. It's like it's a lot smaller than you think it is. Yeah, like um, it's maybe like a three-story building. Yeah, like yeah. it's not that. Wow, really? But it's long, mm-hmm. and you know. Yeah. There, you, there's two entrances that we know about. There's one on the back, on the top, and then one on the beneath the tail, like in the ass, on the oh, ground level. Okay. And maybe. when you go in them, there's just like caverns there's tunnels downward and then like caverns filled with water right. and the water down there is like ancient water with all kinds of ancient bacteria and like mm-hmm. like you what? don't even get in it you'll like get fucking sick or die oh, oh, yeah. you get the mummy's curse that's the thing is like people yeah. think this is like the mummy's curse but it's like no that's just like underground water bacteria germs no yeah. Like fucking ever. ancient yeah. germs are like yeah. evolution has skipped by yeah, now yeah, yeah, like yeah, yeah. <laughs> there's a reason we haven't opened this up in like 5,000 years yeah, yeah, yeah there's yeah, a bug yeah. in there the, that'll the, like the smallpox came from this, this yeah. water yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, um, 
so uh, what what was the result like emotionally and stuff what was the result after all the chanting and stuff like it, it, when it, you guys like finished the chanting and then you walked out like what was the immediate kind of feeling was there kind of like I a vibe dude uh, so I'm in there singing. It's pitch black. My eyes are closed. And there was a point when I looked up with my closed eyes and I could see like the perfect night sky of like thousands of stars. Yeah. And I was like, all right, this is just me like in my zone meditating mm-hmm. with my eyes closed. Right? right. I opened my eyes in the dark and it was still there. Whoa. And I'm looking up and the, there's no ceiling of the pyramid. It's right. the night sky. Yeah. yeah. And I'm not, I'm dead sober. I'm not mm-hmm. crazy. Yeah. I'm yeah. not, I, you know, there's been one other experience in my life that I, I've had that's similar to this. Yeah. And I've told you guys about that in private. And it's just too long of a story to share here right now. Yeah. But um, I started, and this was something that I saw. And then afterward, we all shared our experiences after we got out. And like 40 other people saw the same thing. What the hell? It was very really freaky. Wait, there's no roof on the pyramid? No, it's no, just... there is, but we oh. didn't see it uh, during this time. Yeah, gotcha. it's, it's, it's pitch black. He's inside. Like, yeah. even if there were lights on, there was I a mean, ceiling. call yeah, it yeah. like a collective yeah. hallucination. Call no, it whatever man. you want. But, like, something mm. crazy happened to where we're all so tapped into one another. Yeah, yeah. And in the same frequency... That that happened, and then like I, we all saw like these shooting kind of things going across the sky, yeah. and that's when I just got this vibe of like, oh shit, they're here. Yeah. And like you know, it was just song and singing and stuff yeah. after that, but that would be like the craziest like visualization mm-hmm. experience that I had, yeah. and that like several other people had. But mm. um, coming out of it, it was like I couldn't. I, I couldn't articulate it. I couldn't mm-hmm. sleep. I could, right. I walked, I, we got back to the hotel and I just talked to my GoPro for 45 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> I was so hungry. I couldn't even wait for breakfast at the hotel. Yeah. I went to the, like the hotel convenience store and got like a bunch of candy bars <laughs> and like energy drinks and stuff. Cause oh, I'm just yeah. like, Oh, I don't even know what happened just now. Some of the most <laughs> profound shit in the world and like just feeling so charged up yeah. and also like, Whoever gets to do this. Yeah. yeah no, for yeah, sure. Yeah, that's man. such right. a unique experience. Yeah. And like, did, right. If this is how they did it when they were built or something similar, yeah. then this truly hasn't happened in thousands of Absolutely years. Absolutely not. Because yeah. individuals have done this. Like, Aleister right. Crowley did this himself right. alone. Individuals with their own or small groups, five people mm. here, three people. They've done yeah. it over the millennia. Right. But... Never in like recorded history have we had this many people for this consistency do this type of work. No way. Yeah. At least, like I said, at least not in recorded history. Yeah. No. So, so they're not going to have this trip again next year. Like, no. Wow. They'll never do this again. Oh wow. Man. I mean, we never say gone. never, but you know. we should have gone. Should have gone, man. Well, now uh, I got the inside plug and the hookup. I know all the guards, so like, uh, I'll yeah. organize a little thing ourselves. <laughs> all right, for, cool. it, it won't be the same, but yeah. it'll be similar. I don't want to yeah. be in there with a bunch of honky ass tourists. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> no. I want to have a real experience, <laughs> like you did. Uh, it was yeah. each group that went in had a different experience too. Yeah. yeah. So like ours was all singing. Some people sat in quiet meditation. Some people. Mm. It was like very very wide range. Mm. Um, and I thought that I was really cool and unique. Did you yeah. get to, did they, did people get to kind of choose their experience or like you just kind of got whatever random like group you were in was just like, you're assigned the quiet group. 
No, I mean, we all had like the first like five to seven minutes of like planned shit to do, and mm-hmm. then it was just like whatever. Oh, the kind of the feel, group. Whatever, oh, the group kind of like decides. Yeah. yeah, and like, cool. you know, that we're, nobody's leading, nobody's yeah. planning, everything's just kind of. How long was it uh, in, in total? An hour inside for each group. Wow. Yeah. Okay. An there hour was... in the dark, and it felt like yeah. five minutes. I was about to say, yeah, did you feel that time? Or? Not at all. It wow. felt like fucking five minutes. Bro. Wow. That's we crazy. And we, we got, our group was the only one that got in there super quick. We did everything kind of like perfectly. Some yeah. of the other groups kind of messed up because, you know, we're the best. But uh, <laughs> anyways, it was it, it like... I just don't know how to articulate more into words of like just the 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 time suspended, mm-hmm. you know. And I think a lot of it is you know you're in almost like a sensory deprivation tank with like yeah. no no light, you yeah. know. You're you, sound, but only certain sounds. Like mm-hmm. you're also excited. You got yeah. adrenaline flowing. Yeah. This yeah. is something you're looking to do. So like well, and- your own mind and your own perception will play tricks on you and things yeah. like that too. Oh yeah, and it's not to mention. I mean. You're in the dark, but also, I, you know, I don't know. I mean, I, I, I love, I love being around things that are very old because I do. I get that feeling, like you were talking about, like I feel energy off of stuff. Like mm-hmm. I don't know. I definitely feel like uh, that's one of the reasons. You know, I, I could go to a museum and stare at something for two hours if it's like cool and old, just to like I don't know, like absorb it. You know, and so being in a dark room, knowing that. There used to be fucking kings in here, and like whatever. Alexander the Great. Yeah, man. Jesus, probably. Yeah. Moses yeah. for sure. Yeah. All of these mm. people were in that room. Yeah, it's wow. like uh, these yeah. aren't modern day celebrities. These are yeah, you know, yeah, like uh, mythical, biblical, uh, historical. Who the course of human history? Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> like human history has changed in this room. I mean, I'm at an hour is not even that's nothing. You yeah. know. Like, no, I mean, yeah, and I think you know. There's some some people got you know we're going in more frequently. Some right. people only went in once. I see. But even just going in once, oh, I mean, yeah, you man. can go in Absolutely. once during the day, and a yeah. guard will be in there like watching you, and right. like it won't be the same. It won't be intimate. It won't mm, be you right. have access. See, that's yeah, exactly. Yeah, and that's what like was a really a big big blessing and a big yeah. big gratitude. Shout out to Egypt and everybody involved that made that happen. Yeah. Um, very cool, man. I'm surprised. It's it's, I'm I'm surprised it's not y'all's trip. Should be. Uh, I think people should be talking about it. You know. Well, what I think we're all decompressing. Yeah. And what goes up must come down. So a I lot of us were like, about it now. Yeah. 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 This will probably one of the. I mean, you can go find all. So all of this, except for inside the pyramid, that wasn't. But everything else was live stream and live broadcast, like on Mateus's like YouTube and social media and shit like that. Mm, right. So whoever couldn't attend in person was able to attend virtually. Right. Cool. You know? right. So that was kind of the whole thing is like bring together people all over the world from everywhere, from all different backgrounds yeah. to do this type of work and to, you know, have yeah. the same kind of meditation around the same times and all that stuff. Cool. What cool. else? What other uh, events were there and stuff? You said you went dune buggy riding and stuff. Is there yeah, like, so we, this whole couple days culminated in a amazing, beautiful concert um, at the end in front of the Sphinx. So we got to watch the sunset w- b- behind the stage while we listened to uh, some professional Argentinian and Chile nice. artists, some, um, you know, like uh, ayahuasca music and bands, but also yeah. like dance music and stuff. Yeah. And like I, the, like the biggest thing, the, the easiest thing I could equate it to is like some tribe party. 
Wow. Like, cool. it, yeah. like almost like Burning Man, but like no drugs, but like yeah. everybody just jumping and happy and mm. full of like yeah. love. And accept- it's the only place where I was like around 1,300 strangers and yeah. I knew my bag with my passport and everything was going to be totally safe. Right. No wow. Matter. That's right. crazy. Like I left it. Everyone left their shit. Like I don't yeah. do that at Burns and Burns yeah, are still right. supposed to be very like yeah, right. accepting and tolerating. I can't yeah. imagine being that trusting of a society. <laughs> just, yeah, but you just yeah. knew it. Yeah. You knew it going yeah. in. Yeah. Everybody you met there had the same story of yeah. like this was a serendipitous series of events that mm-hmm. led me here yeah. it's almost like you know it was the universe like pushed me into this yeah. event yeah. yeah and we're just all supposed to be here together what i tell people is like everything felt like i was remembering things like it was yeah. very familiar like the people wow. that i met were like oh i've i've known you for so long but i've never like met you in person yeah. but like wow he's a familiarity that i've never experienced before That's crazy and man. i know that i'll be in touch with people from my group for the rest yeah. of my life we're wow. already planning on doing things we've already been talking cool it's a very crazy very cool yeah. life-changing and i awesome. would like wow. to i would love to make this a thing man to go to like hot spot energy places you know like i would love to like go around the world and find like those vortex well they're turned up now yeah yeah man i'll I'll definitely down that and we might um so we're gonna be talking with gaia because i met some of the people from gaia and um we might have a show in the works all right all right so more on um maybe gaia maybe somewhere else we don't know yeah but um we're definitely um in in the thought cloud bubble of, cool. of that of manifesting cool. that closest i've ever gotten was like sedona arizona when i was driving out here so there's yeah, like that's good there's that's like bad. they say there's like spots on earth where pull, like pull up, just type in ley lines on there and show okay. them a picture of All it right. so you can understand gotcha. imagine like longitude and latitude lines yeah. but they're electrical current in the earth's crust Ooh. And when they cross at that nexus point is like what he's talking like about they're called nodes yeah. and it's like positive a current from one direction and a negative current from another so it's like a balance and it's like interesting and those places like feel different like yeah they say that there's like uh there's like a um like machu picchu like 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 a mag like a magnetism yeah like a magnetism or it's like uh like what do you you know what's what's the closest one to here conductivity is what i'm thinking of it's like a very conductive probably sedona probably sedona sedona arizona is a big vortex okay place and if if it does. I when I was driving here, I stopped through Sedona, and it was very interesting for sure. It was. Uh, it definitely felt. Now that being said, not everyone who goes to Sedona is going to be able to experience that right. because you yourself have to be tuned right to the right for sure frequency, vibration, vibe, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. To be able to, like, you know, tap into that. Yeah. Like if you're not. Our electrical current of our nervous system, and as you can see, like one of them lands right. Oh wow! There's not many. Right. Oh, this there's only like there's only like what five in the whole world? No, there's there's two different kinds. That's just one map of one. There's another map that has more. There's like twelve and thirteen. Okay. Yeah. Or I mean twelve and like thirty three. So there's yeah, but it's like more like potent ones and then less potent ones. Kind of interesting. Yeah, a lot of people going through Sedona are just on that. <laughs> but like, so if you think about the physics behind this, yeah. our bodies and our nervous system are an electrical current, right? We right. got an electrical current going through our bodies at all time. Neurons Brain are firing. Yeah. Whenever I move my arms, it's it's electricity mm-hmm. that's firing the muscles to move this. All right. Every electrical current emits a hertz frequency. 
mm-hmm. like the electrical current of the outlet, what's coming out of this microphone, your computer, it's all radiating a Hertz frequency that can right. be measured. So Vibrations. is our bodies. Yeah. So if our bodies are not tuned or, you know, I guess, imagine like frequency on a radio. Like if the dial's not tuned to the right station, you're not right. going to hear the shit. Right. Right. You know? And then you fucking... So the concert was absolutely amazing. Um, very cool, very vibing, tribing experience. Don't sleep that night, and we are leaving on the buses to go back to the Sphinx. Oh, each time from the hotel from the Nile to the Sphinx is like 45-minute drive. Right. Because of the distance and stuff. So we leave to go back. So we get to the Sphinx in the morning to watch the sunrise. And we go to the Sphinx at night. It's different. Yeah. It's like quiet. It's like the the Sphinx looks different when you're looking up at it. Yeah. Um, you can see the weather erosion from the rain on the sides of the walls. The stone that the Sphinx is made out of is even different and like not as pre- even as precise as the fucking Great Pyramids in the King's Chamber. Truthfully, right, right. But I don't know. Like you just. It's just a different vibe, man. Yeah. You just know that, like, out of the, like you said, all the notable figures in history, yeah, going there for that to like be in awe of yeah. these fucking things, standing in the same place that they did. And you know, for a lot of time, most of the Sphinx was covered. That's why, like, the paws and body are in like really good shape, is because right. it was like, covered with sand all the way up to the head. Yeah, and then they dug it out and stuff. Yeah. That's right. That's right. Oh, oh and I, I was. Didn't know that. I might be wrong. By the way, there are conflicting accounts of the nose. Some oh. people say Napoleon. Bonaparte yeah, that's what I thought. I always thought it was Napoleon. Off. But I also heard a tale that maybe they didn't shoot the whole nose off. Oh, it was off, the Nazis. Yeah, it was a lot of uh, troops in World War II did shoot it, take pop shots at it. But I don't know if they shot the whole nose. Why off. would they have even been in Egypt? Oh, we were in Egypt. We went to Cairo in World War II first. Yeah, no, the, the, yeah. I, I the Nazis the, were there. I didn't know the war went that far south. Oh yeah, North Africa. Oh. Like, all, yeah, yeah, yeah. That mm. was where. Uh, that's like our our first interaction with the Nazis, if you will. Oh, yeah. Interesting. Yeah, I didn't know the war my went grand, that far south. My my grandfather had some good stories about fucking being out there and like just being fucking covered in sand. <laughs> all the time. Yeah. Um, oh was, yeah, was that how was was that annoying at all? Were you like every time you got back to the hotel, is you like cleaning sand out of every like crevice of clothes and like your shoes and all that stuff? Like not everyone because I mean when I went on an ATV, yeah, mm-hmm. and right, stuff like that. But not every crevice. I mean, it wasn't windy because it's the time of year. If there had been a sandstorm or something, yeah, mm-hmm. which was frequent and occurring. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I mean the and also the desert there in that area is not dunes. It looks like dunes in the picture, like sugary mm-hmm. soft sand. Yeah. But it's more like like that color rock. Oh, okay. And like a bunch oh, of okay. like sand slash rock mm-hmm. and right. shit like that. So Okay. I see. Yeah. Did you go into the dunes at all? I did. So we watched the sunrise from the Sphinx Wednesday morning. Uh we're finished with all of our quote unquote work and event stuff. Um, and then I went, uh, to get a dune buggy or an ATV four wheeler and go four wheeling the dunes behind the pyramids. Cool. And the Sphinx. Now, is this something, 
This access, like, is this that something... anybody can do? That's okay. Gotcha. It costs twenty five US dollars. Wow. What? That's it? We're going. Oh my god! Yeah, dude. Everything I'm gonna, in I'm Egypt. I'm gonna buy a ticket right now. Everything <laughs> in Egypt is so incredibly inexpensive from the US dollar. Dude, it's stupid. Yeah. And then what about like the access to the pyramid at night, like the king's chamber? At like that is unavailable to like, right. the public. Like Jake Paul couldn't do this. Let me put it this way. <laughs> Jay-Z and Beyonce couldn't right. get into the King's Chamber. Damn. Damn. Wow. Man, we should have gone. Wow. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, but you can go into the King's Chamber during the daytime. Yes, but you just need to pay, you know, a hefty. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's pretty expensive? I think a couple hundred bucks. Oh, wow. Yeah. Oh, wow. A couple they hundred. They just don't oh, want. A, a bunch I mean, of people going in and out of right, it. Yeah. It would be like a hundred bucks. I'm right. not sure. Yeah. But it's more like, here's the cost of that. And you have to bribe the guitars and like, here's a tip. And like, yeah. and money greases the wheels. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, so officially you can't go inside the King's Chamber. I mean, yeah. If Even if it is, if, either way, you're going to have to give somebody some money. I'll right. Yeah yeah yeah, yeah. 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 Okay. Oh man, that's, that's crazy! Wow. So yeah, that day I went into the desert and that just got a wholly, a totally different perspective visually from the pyramids on right. the backside of them. Right. And it was also they were like, "Yo, you can, um, you can do a a camel and ride a camel, or you can do a four wheeler." Yeah. And I was like. Man, give me that four wheel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Gotcha. first of all, yeah. I feel bad for these fucking animals. Yeah, you guys are no like doubt. treating like show. Camels here. being fucking like beaten every day. What? Really? Oh, no, really, but just I mean, you know, it's to get to the dunes. Um, we had to travel, so it was me, one other guy, tourist there, and then our guide. So three ATVs, and to get to the dunes, you go through the Giza slums in the alleys. Right. And I saw a level of poverty that I did not have never seen before. I knew right. existed. Yeah. Knew it was out there, but just had never seen face to face. Wow. Um, people like literally living in trash. Wow. Kids, kids growing up, like wondering, like all they have to do is focus on where they're going to get bread. Yeah. That day to eat. Yeah. Um, and the dollar goes so far there that like, you get like a whole meal at like a nice like sit down Egyptian restaurant, traditional meal. We got a full spread of more than what, enough of what we could eat for four people, right. extras and leftovers for like a day or two, for like nine bucks a person. Wow, that's so. That's it so is. Wild. It was stupidly cheap, and you know. There's a lot of yeah. reasons for that, but it's also why like gold and silvers are like very very cheap. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. that's why I bought this. This is real silver mm-hmm. and real gold in here. Wow. wow. Um, this is custom made. I'm wearing a necklace. It's a cartouche with the hieroglyphs um, of my name. Wow. Oh, so oh, each cool. one of the hieroglyphs is my name letter. Oh, wow. Which is a different. Man, that that's so. I've, I'm just blown away though. I I, I wish I could have done this. You know for sure. Like, just the the history of it all and the 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 dimensions of it all and the layers of it all. And like, it's not only history, it's like, it's not only physical human history. It's also like metaphysical history. And it's, that's insane, man. That's so fucking mm. cool. It was amazing and life changing. And like the term metaphysical means beyond physics. Yeah. Like metaphysical. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, there are things that we just, 
haven't been able to using our tools and our tools of observation haven't been able to prove through the scientific method yeah exactly one way exists or not but that doesn't mean right they may or may not be real or right. exist like you no, know the fucking that... earth was round before we could like prove the earth was round. right mm-hmm. and it's, that's the... it's existence of being round isn't conditioned on our uh, perception yeah. of it being right. That's the mm-hmm. crazy thing is you were standing in something that was so ancient that we as a civilization now aren't even quite sure how it got there. Like we have, you know what I mean? It's like, that's, that's so like the documents are gone, but you can stand in there, you know, like mm-hmm. that's insane. Yeah. 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 And, and that, it's actually, it's just crazy too, that they're still there. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That they yeah. Magically have not been like destroyed. For sure. Yeah. That they haven't For collapsed. Sure. So yeah. the, I remember, like, we were, after we came out, I looking up at the stars, this gorgeous night sky, and you could see Orion's belt, and you'd see Orion, like, rise and fall in the sky over right. the night. But, wow. you know, it was 3.30 in the morning, we're walking out, and I'm like, that fucking belt lines up with these three pyramids. Oh, my God. Like, that is, like, I'm looking, like, it's like I'm Brendan Fraser in The Mummy. Like, just, yeah. like, looking up, like, what is... Yeah, so these, they were these, tapped into some shit that we have no idea about. There's well, no again, you know, you think, like... There was less to do. Yeah, they were like, <laughs> well, they're like, well, Netflix won't be invented for twenty thousand years, so I no. might as well make these buildings line See? up with these stars. Yeah, See? but like, imagine having Netflix when you close your eyes and meditate. <laughs> but also, Netflix, them hadn't, them not having Netflix is why they achieved all this, right? Yeah, yeah, because yeah, yeah, there was yeah, nothing yeah. else to do. It was like, I, 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 might as, yeah. I might as well build these buildings that line up with the skylights. We ruined, we ruined the fuck civilization I, with distractions. Yeah, what the now? fuck else am yeah. I gonna do? <laughs> <laughs> I'll take the distractions Share over having ideas. to build a pyramid. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, uh, the we went around to some shops. I, I got. Um, I almost was able to bring back a piece of the pyramid from Damn. a shop. Whoa. Um, I turned it down because I didn't want to risk getting stopped in s- security. Even though it, like would have yeah. been legal, it just would have been. Or bringing back a curse. No, this would have been a curse. This would have been a. a fucking well, wait, wait. Why would you have sure. gotten stopped? Because you're not allowed to remove shit like that from Egypt. Oh, right. They'll throw you in jail. Oh. So, like, one of the guys in the shops that the Rosicrucians work with often, he's been in a documentary on the Pyramid Code. He's, like, very well-known. Um, he does a lot of carving a stone and, like, sells shit in mm-hmm. his shop and stuff. Right. Well, one of the stones he just had there was a weight used in scales for measurements in ancient Egypt. So it's, like, this polished granite cube. Jesus. It's like rounded edges, and it's the yeah. exact weight of like something to balance and calibrate scales. Wow. So it'd be like this: this size is to represent like this amount of gold, or like wow. this size to like this amount of water, or whatever yeah. it is. Right. But it's a balance, and you know, like you know, Anubis is all about like balancing the soul and the yeah. afterlife mm-hmm. and yeah, shit. Man. So I wanted to bring that back, but they definitely wouldn't have uh, let me do that. But I got to hold it in my hand, Whoa. and like That's cool. you're like. Egyptians were using this for business and trade and maybe even to like judge somebody's life. Yeah. Yeah. Well, like, you know, whether yeah. or not they deserve a yeah. tomb burial and to be mummified. Maybe it was an Egyptian drug dealer measuring out some like <laughs> ancient cocaine. Could have been. More like ancient ayahuasca. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'd like to think. <laughs> While I was there at night, after the event, we were on the plateau before I came back to the airport. I'm like walking from my buddy's hotel who stayed to like these shops right around there in mm. front of like the Sphinx and all that area. And it's all very like humble, rural, kind of, you know, not quite favela slums, but yeah. more just like ancient shit. Stone, everything looks the same, all that yeah, type of shit. Man. 
Um, and there was military out because that area is very touristy. So they just have like, you know, a fucking armored car with dudes in AKs just sitting at gates, Holy at barrier shit. gates. And you like walk by them and you're like, yeah, I'm going to the shop. It's okay. They don't yeah. care. They don't stop you. Right, they, right, they know right, you're right. an American there, spend money. Yeah. Um, but um, I walked, I'm trying to go get my mom and my brother a gift and stuff. And I go to the shop or whatever, get a gift. And I come back and this really, like people are coming up to you all the time, trying to like sell you tours, trying to like sell you whatever, come check out my shop, come do this. So it's like a very standard experience to just have while right. you're there, at least in that, in the Giza it's like Plateau. like New Orleans. Yeah. Yeah. But like, <laughs> but, but like, like on steroids. Yeah. Bro, like, <laughs> like, I don't know of a place in America like this. Yeah, for sure. Um, Anyways, there was one dude that came up to me and was like listing all these things. And he's like, You want booze? And I'm like, No, nah, man, I don't drink. He's like, You want hashish? You want to smoke some weed? Right. And I like look over and I'm like, There's like the captain of the army and like three guys in fatigues with assault rifles yeah. right next to me. Yeah. And this guy's asking if I want to smoke weed. I'm like, uh, No. I do not want to go to an Egyptian jail today. Yeah, you no, undercover. Thank you bad Egypt, like you're not even trying as an egyptian undercover cop like jesus bro he's got like some camo pants hanging out of his pants they do know, like sting operations like that so yeah yeah for anybody who are foreigners like just follow the fucking yeah, rules don't buy right? fucking yeah. drugs yeah whoa that's wow. wait to what end why is he trying to trap people into going to egyptian jail because like man. they just want to you know set an example and make a precedent and maybe like, yeah. you know, same thing like DEA does, like arrest, track down leads. Like if you are looking for cannabis, maybe you're there for the wrong reason and yeah, maybe yeah. they can mm. get access to your phone and like whatever. Yeah. You know? See, back in the day when they got bored, they would build the pyramids. Nowadays when they get bored, they <laughs> trap an American into going to jail for the night. You know? <laughs> yeah. Well, out of, I can tell you that out of, most countries, there was countries from all over the world represented there, and all of us in the group were all fine and very cool with one another, but out of, like, the people, the, the locals on the plateau were not the biggest fans of Americans. Right. Mm. Or British. Right. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. The British make a lot I of I could definitely see the old Brits not uh, being a... So the reason a, they converted to Islam is because they wanted to kick the British out, and they asked, like, the Islamic leaders for military help. Right, and they were like, "Okay, we'll help you, but you gotta convert to Islam." They're like, "Okay, so like yeah. that's how that whole fucking thing started." Yeah, yeah. I see. Yeah. Um, oh, so I was gonna say, uh, so you weren't allowed to record in. Sorry. It? Anyways, go ahead. So it may not have been the British, but I mean, it may have been earlier. That was the than Brits that. as well. Yeah, the Anyways, Brits definitely. So I just you... didn't want to get my dates wrong. Yeah, <laughs> all good. So you weren't allowed to record in the pyramid. Um, did they, was it the honor system or did you have to like check in phones or did they pat you down beforehand? Like, was there any, there was talk that they may ask to like pat us down and like look in our pockets and everything. Mm. But when we went, it was, you know, granted this was the first night they, you know, mm. as they, they might've done it with different groups or whatever, but the, they didn't, they didn't check or anything. I could have brought a recorder in. I could have brought my phone. I didn't bring yeah. anything. Right. Yeah. So yeah. Because I mean, that would, it's just like the, it kind also of, like didn't want to be disrespectful. Yeah. That's the thing. It's like, I, that once you told me the, the, you felt like comfortable leaving your bag there. It's like, okay, I feel like everyone would just respect the rules. And like, I would actually yeah. be surprised if anyone like tried to sneak a recording, but, uh, but yeah, I, um, and also, it's pitch black. You'd have to, like, be very obvious about, like, putting a light on or something, too. So. I wouldn't even be... Well, walking up was not pitch black. It wasn't... When we got in there, it wasn't pitch black. We turned mm. off the light. Oh, okay. Right. Um, so, I mean, we could... An audio recording would have been dope. 
like yeah. a nice small mic. Yeah, but like, yeah, I would love to hear what that sounds that was, like. Yeah, but, but like, that's, that's they the don't want you to know what it sounds like. So if you, if anyone listening wants to hear what it sounds like in the uh, King's Chamber, you can YouTube um, ancient Rosicrucian vowel sounds. There's a YouTube video. And this was a recording in 1910 wow. of the Rosicrucians singing these songs in the King's Chamber and recording it on vinyl then. When you go to like Karnak, which is like the ancient city in Luxor, up the Nile, like yeah. on the, the earlier south, but like up current of the Nile. Right. You you can tell like you feel like oh this like you get it like you see like Anubis's army like oh yeah that makes sense yeah and, like and this is mm. other like a different time a different world mm. a whole different like you put yourself you visualize like oh I can imagine this flourishing with trees and yeah. like yeah. a bunch of people sitting around like you know doing whatever but it's it's not like barren and dead like it yeah, is now yeah, yeah. full of life and man, vibrancy yeah. and color man that's and for real that's a bucket list for me man the Nile yeah. and uh, the Amazon like, yeah both I, of those rivers I have to see in my life yeah I definitely I've been wanting to go to Egypt like it's one of like the top places I want to go and visit um yeah. but uh but yeah the time will be right though uh I um I would have never like even if you had given me like six months heads up there's no way I would have been able to like afford this trip and I don't think I would have appreciated it as much as like a lot of people you know what I mean mm. like it, it cool to go for the experience but it's like it's really cool that you got to have this after kind of being involved in that world for so long you know yeah, like going true. with the Rosicrucians and being part of them for a while and like all the other stuff I mean, and the knowledge you have and the history and stuff it's like it's uh it's really cool that um you know uh, everything worked out that you got to go to this. It was not me choosing to go on this trip. It was the trip choosing me For sure, to man. come. Definitely. Like it was like, think about it, dude. My apartment flooded. Yeah. yeah. It flooded. So for those of you listening, one of the reasons you haven't heard me on uh, the James Dean episodes is because uh, a month ago, my, I got COVID for two weeks, and then the day I tested negative, my apartment, my water heater burst, my apartment flooded with water, yeah. causing me to have to move all of my stuff out of my apartment and put it in storage for a whole month. Damn. So then I came to Los Angeles for work for the month, yeah. which originally I was just going to come for a few days before. So like all of these things lined up mm -hmm. to be able to make this happen. Yeah. And it was like... if. Any one of these things did not happen. Yeah. yeah, I would not have been able to go, or would not have been wanting, or had yeah. the time, or right. whatever. Yeah, right. so it was just like two serendipity. I mean, think. Okay, yeah. here's a cool thing: the eighth my I took my eighth temple degree in Rosicrucian in December, the beginning of December. Mm -hmm. That degree is all about service, right? So I didn't know about Mateus. Didn't know any of this trip. Didn't know nothing. This is like the first week of December. So my thing about service is like, okay, it's the holidays. How do I be of service? Let me create and every keep everyone in my like circle of friends in, in Florida asked me about alchemy, esotericism, the words crucial, all this stuff. But like I never really have time to sit down and get into the weeds with it and, right. and long form conversation. Right. So I was like, cool, on the winter solstice, we're gonna start doing a monthly round table where anyone can come together and we talk, we pick a topic and we all just spitball our own thoughts and our own experiences just to try to share knowledge about oh, whatever yeah. the topic it is. History, esotericism, whatever, spirituality, it doesn't matter. We we'll change it up every month. Right. The first one was on alchemy and was on the winter solstice. And oh, <clears throat> that 
so I'm prepping for that. A, yeah. a bunch of people end up coming, and it just so happens we have it at uh, the Kava Bar I go to all the time in Madeira Beach, Kava Shack. Shout out! Yeah. And yeah. Uh, yeah. while we're there, shout we're out. having our roundtable meeting like outside. Um, a group of Freemasons come in in what? full regalia. No way. From just having a meeting at their lodge and a really well-known guest speaker who did a guest talk about alchemy. What? And they yeah. were there. At, like, they saw my hat and my ring and were like, hey, guys. And like, I was like, oh, what up, yo? My cousin's <laughs> Master Mason, too. Like, let's, let's get into it. We're, actually, we're here talking about this. They go... That's crazy. Uh, you know, let's all hang out and let's all talk. Jeb is operating on a network <laughs> that most people don't even understand. Like yeah. this man is meeting. They they saw each other in the fucking wild. That's yeah. I, you're wearing that hat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Was crazy. I saw you with that hat yesterday, and I for like the longest time. I don't. It didn't occur to me till a while later. I was like, oh, I didn't know Dev watched Yu-Gi-Oh. I didn't know he was a fan of That's Yu-Gi-Oh. <laughs> I just saw the Millennium Puzzle. I was like, oh, cool Yu-Gi-Oh hat. Like, I like that it's not, like, explicitly, like, branded that way. It's just like, oh, it's just like the Millennium Puzzle on his hat. It is not a, uh, it's not a Yeet symbol. <laughs> it's not, it's not, a, it's, it's, it's not an anime. Yeah, it is this, but in his wings, you'll see everywhere yeah. in any ancient tomb in Egypt. So I got that hat made. If, for those of you listening, it's a white hat with the Rosicrucian symbol on the front and uh, our, like, national kind of logo on Dude, the back. you gotta get those wings tattooed, man. I'm definitely gonna get some tattoos after this trip. Yeah. I, I know what I'm gonna get, too. You'll awesome. see. Winter Solstice, that kind of happens. That's one first step. Right. Um, I shared this with you guys, but I'll share this with the audience just to add some context and backstory. Uh, I, Christmas was coming up shortly after that, and I was having some, you know, issues with my my family. And I was upset at my family for some some way that they were treating me and some different not-so-great things that they did. And wasn't going to go to Christmas and wanted to see my abuela instead of, like, going to Christmas and bring her flowers before the day before because I knew I wasn't going to go. And um, this was because of, you know, me having issues with, like, my dad and that side of the family, and this was his mom. So I go to her house the day before and ended up getting there right at the exact time she was having like a stroke and ended up having to give her CPR twice while the paramedics were on the way and resuscitating her and saving her back to life. And I just happened to look and what, like a bunch of crazy things happened. First of all, like had, I went to like FedEx, two grocery stores and the, um, the bank, before I went to see her. So if I was like any, if any one of those things took a little bit longer or if I didn't go to one of them and went yeah. earlier, yeah. like I wouldn't have gotten there at the time right. to be able to have that and, wow. and save her. Yeah. So that's one thing. The second thing is I always get flowers for her. She's my Cuban Aguila, but I always get like some kind of like Caribbean bright floral yeah. mix thing or whatever. Right. For whatever reason, I didn't even realize it, but I had grabbed a dozen of roses and the symbol for the Rosicrucians is the rose. It's right. the rose cross. Yeah. And like, it's just the irony of like, after she gets wheeled out by the paramedics, I'm like, where are those flowers? Let me go get a vase. And just, uh, just I'm still like mm-hmm. kind of in shock. And I'm just yeah. like trying to be productive and like mm-hmm. clean shit up or whatever. Yeah. And I look and I'm putting it and I go, of course they're roses. Yeah. Like, yeah. of course, why wouldn't they be roses? And having like this kind of connection of like, if you weren't here 
to serve yeah. this and your whole thing is about service this right. month right. like did you wouldn't have been able to save your grandmother who kind of mm-hmm. saved your life back when you were younger yeah. wow. so it yeah. was it was baffling insane and then in that personal aspect so i couldn't even like i was going through this motions all through the rest of the afternoon completely overwhelmed like processing what just happened and the next day I end up deciding to just go to Christmas with my family, right. you know, and I'm like, fuck it. I just saved like my dad and all my family were there watching yeah. them get groups wheeled out on the grid. So like yeah. it was a thing. And I'm like, well, that happened. I guess I kind of have to go now, like at least yeah. to spend it. And I go and, you know, I, individually I had family members thank me, but like we do a big prayer. We do like a big thank you for gratitude for everything for Christmas. And nobody even thanked me. Yeah. Or nobody even brought it up or anything. Right. And my that's family. Ridiculous. And yeah. that's kind of when I was like, you know what? You guys, I, I, there's nothing I can do. Like, mm-hmm. this, this, I can't open myself up anymore. I can yeah. open myself up to like whatever mm-hmm. being accepting of this. But like, right. I was like, I'm done. This no. is it. Mm-hmm. Of course. Yeah. This is like, over the years, there's been several occasions. It's the same behavior and same yeah, kind yeah, of treatment. Yeah. And I'm just like, I'm, t- I'm tired. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm tired of it. Yeah. So I went home, like, you know, obviously. Not in a great mood, but then like frustrated and so like hurt and stuff that I I woke up on on this. We Cubans do Christmas on Christmas Eve, so this was all on Christmas Eve. And then I woke up on Christmas morning and was listening to Pandora and had a song came on and just like had like this profound spiritual experience of leaning into. I, I was like, I could choose two different paths in this, in what was going on in front of me. I could choose to like be so angry and hateful and resentful and fuck you. Or I could choose to just lean into forgiveness. Right. And for whatever reason, I just like leaned into forgiveness, like would break down into tears in this song about not sad tears, but like, oh my God, this feeling is so powerful to yours. Yeah, yeah. And just had this overwhelming like opening of my heart and just being like, even though this did happen, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's okay. And I can be the one to say, you know, it's, I forgive you. It, it's not That's about big, them. It's about right. yourself. Right. You know, and it has nothing to do. It's not like I want something from you. It's right. not like, I don't even need to tell you this. Right. I just need to do it for me. Yeah. And I ended up making a video for my dad, like forgiving him for everything of my past and sending it to him on Christmas. Wow. And that was pretty crazy. And obviously, you know, he didn't respond, but like, whatever. I didn't expect it. He's not needing it. And it wasn't exactly. I mean, for sure. I wanted to be like, have some closure and share that just so, like, Mm -hmm. if and when he ever did want to, like, you know, think about anything or whatever or, or it would be there it wouldn't be unsaid you know what i mean yeah. yeah and it wouldn't even be bad blood it would just be like you know what um it's okay and you know we're just i'm just gonna move on and it's fine and yeah. it's all from but what i'm trying to say is like the immense power of the love and forgiveness side of things was so much more intense than any of the hater animosity yeah for sure and that happened like on christmas and then the next week i saw aubrey's podcast with mateus right and then it was almost like okay i'm still in this service mode that's the theme of this this month at least this degree or a couple months and uh 
every time I'm reading my monoliths, which are like your weekly text that you get, your monographs, not your monoliths, I'm sorry why I said that. Um, they're like your homework or reading materials. They were all related to things that were happening week by week in my life at this time. Right. Like in the beginning of December, what was I learning? Ancient Egyptian phonetic sounds yeah. to study, to sing. Uh, the Rosicrucians did. Yeah. How, why? Because I was destined to go into the fucking yeah. pyramids in two months and didn't even know it. Yeah. Like, how do you explain yeah. shit like that? No, I know like, what you mean. Yeah. Yeah. It was it, when the universe just speaks and just throws shit in your face yeah. undeniably. It's really hard to turn it no, out. No, for sure. This makes me wish. I, I this kind of makes me wish I had chased all that because I I I was really tapping into some like energy stuff uh, in my early twenties. I was very much into like uh, chanting and the. The uh, um, um, I can't remember the yeah, um, yeah the, 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 the Buddhist thing, yeah, 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 and stuff was happening. Like, I was, mm. I definitely felt like I was manifesting, I definitely felt like I had tapped into uh, something that I had never really tapped into before, and I felt like that sort of died within me mm. after a few years of just being uh, Hollywooded to death. Mm. But when I first moved out here, I was definitely into some like, and I was, it was weird, man. I remember. It was sort of the same type of stuff where I was like doing these chants every day and then literally like was walking up Robertson Boulevard and I was walking in a place I had taken like a wrong turn and I was walking in like a place where I had never really walked before, just like exploring. And this like woman came out of nowhere, this like she was like an older lady and she was just like talking to me for a bit on the sidewalk and she like told me to come to her church. She goes to this like quote unquote like church, but it's not a church. It's like a Buddhist thing. And it was exactly what I had been studying. It was like there, there was this center that we went to in Santa Monica by the beach. And these people were talking about the exact stuff that I had been like studying, you know, and it was all, it was all very weird. And I feel like I've closed myself down to that by now, but like I used to be so open to it. And I do feel like you can, you can definitely manifest things by just being in the right letting it letting it just take you you know yeah i yeah. i so when i uh about during 2019 i was uh hanging out uh, when i was hanging out with max a lot he was super into buddhism stuff and i went yeah. i went with him to a buddhist thing one time and it's, it's super not for me yeah, like it's, sure. it's everything i don't like about religion is still present in that yeah. and uh and stuff but i mean i i, I don't know like from whatever from hanging out with max so much like i kind of think it's just like if you have a positive outlook on life and you're mm. open and looking for opportunities, you, opportunities will find you. For you know sure, what I mean? but sometimes it gets so specific. Like Dev was saying, he was doing literally like Egyptian chants in December, and all of a sudden it was without all no, for a reason. It, by yeah. the way, I didn't. So I signed up for this trip and didn't find out what we were doing on it right. until like our first fucking Zoom with the group. Yeah. So like mm-hmm. I signed up for the trip, I pay all the money and whatever. I'm like, mm-hmm. sweet, going to Egypt. Don't I have no idea what to expect. Don't know what this is going to be like. I yeah. don't know what any of these events are, what yeah. we're doing on a day-to-day basis. Yeah. No clue of the itinerary. And then when I'm talking to our group, our like leaders like giving out all the like shit we're going to mm. be doing. Like, yeah. oh yeah, this is what you're going to be doing in the pyramid. It's like singing Egyptian chants and songs. And I'm like, you mean <laughs> the ones I just learned? Like, ago? Just learned. Oh yeah, yeah. that's that's, so that's really that's really really no. Cool. And that that's was so always cool. that yeah. was always the type of stuff I was delving into as well. I'm telling you, man, I my whole life. Uh, I was this big World War II nut to the point where, like, you know, my grandfather was in World War II. I was such a nerd about it. My friend Holden, rest in peace, he and I were, like, World War II fanatics. And 
then I got very fanatical about acting, and I literally said when I moved out here, I want to be in a World War II film. That's like one of my biggest things. First movie I ever got was this World War II film, you know, and it was like this very specific. I feel like you can manifest your way into the right path, mm. you know, in this subconscious way. It's it's, it's Look, cool stuff. The video man. game is a lot of fun to play when you learn the rules. Yeah, yeah, for mm. sure, for sure. The people, the reason why most people are frustrated with life is they don't know how to play the game. Yeah, it's all mm. it is, man. Yeah, and these rules fucking work. They're thousands. They're tested by humans for thousands of years, and we're only getting better at them. Amen. That's the cool mm. thing. Yeah. Mm. Agreed, man. Cool. Well, uh, is, there, uh, is that it? Is there, I mean, yeah, I mean, I, now that my voice is gone again. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, I do want to ask you guys what you think about Tom Cruise starting a film studio on Mars, though. Wait, what? <laughs> I think he's going to start the first intergalactic science. Wait, what? Or I think it's on the moon. They're, uh, they're trying to uh, start a film a production studio in space. And, I think uh, uh, this is an excuse for them to spread the cult of Scientology, <laughs> which is a cult. So they can start shooting on location in space. Yes. Yeah. 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 New film. New film studio will be built in space by 2024. This is coming from Variety and the Guard, the I Guardian. Su- I support this. Yeah. I, mean, I support this. Yeah. This is cool. It's a they're space just, race. We're just gonna build yeah. like a space station, like yeah. the ISS, to just do shit in zero yes, g. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. Dude, that's yeah. that's incredible. I I I fully support. They're contracting SpaceX to do it, right? I think so. I think they're going to... This is called Space Entertainment Enterprise, S-E-E-C. The company co-producing Tom Cruise's upcoming space movie planned to launch a sports arena and production studio in Zero Gravity. Uh, They have unveiled plans to build a space station module that contains a sports and entertainment arena, as well as a content studio (laughs) by December 2024. The sports part's more confusing to me. Yeah, what are they going to play, football in space? I mean, you probably have to make up a new game, Spaceball. Spaceball. Ping pong or something. Yeah. It's just all the sports you already played, but in slow motion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, they got NASA's approval, uh, in January, 2020, it's called Axiom Space, um, to build a commercial component of the ISS, the International Space Station. Can so. you imagine, like, <laughs> you're, you're on central casting and you get a, you get, a, you get a background role for space on location. You're like, oh fuck, I gotta, I gotta take the tr- three day trip up to the moon. No per like, diem. No per diem. No they, per diem. They don't pay you for the travel. You don't need per diem. There's not going to be any uh, subway nearby. You got room and board. Yeah, all. room and board. It's just like ninety six dollars a day or whatever. Sags just like we can't watch you out there. Sorry. Like, <laughs> There's no. You, yeah. There is no sag. There's in no space. sag in space. Yeah. <laughs> this is the only reason they're doing this. Is the last place in the fucking galaxy that you can take background actors and mistreat them now. <laughs> You can't you can't hit overtime if the sun doesn't go up and down. <laughs> That's pretty funny. Um, but oh, I support shit. it. Yeah, um, it's uh, it's a two trillion dollar uh, project. 
Cool. And there's a space race going on. So who's wait? Ta- who's fronting the two trillion dollar bill for this? Tom. Just, Tom. <laughs> Scientology is Scientology paying for yeah. this? Probably. Yeah. yeah. L. Ron yeah, Hubbard. So I mean, was a student of Alistair Crowley, yes, by the way. Yes, he was. And man. didn't create a religion. He just created science fiction it, novels until he went and studied with yeah, Crowley yeah. and learned how to control people's minds. Yeah. And then made up Scientology if, and created. A cult. If there is, if that money's gonna go to anything making. Space movies is probably the best thing it could go to. You know, like it's just we have a well of money that was just being used to torture before. What if we, what if we built a space space camera place to play space ball at? Space cameras. The the next Super Bowl is happening in space. <laughs> oh my god, dude! They're gonna get Lady Gaga up there for sure. Oh man, um, I can't wait for the first album release party in space. <laughs> I want to hear I want to hear uh, Kid Cudi perform "Man on the Moon" on the moon on the moon. <laughs> Yeet in space. <laughs> Yeet in space. Yeet's gonna be the first artist to record a, a, an album in space. The fire department still shuts it down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's not enough room up here. <laughs> um, uh, a week from now, we're gonna live in a post-Batman world. Oh man, I'm ready. I'm so excited for this movie. I'm so ready for our Pat, man. Yeah, I. Yeah. Uh, what do you think, Deb? Oh uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Did, Amazing. Did I already talk about the artisan film thing that's happening? So, uh-huh. so AMC's did this thing. Has been doing this thing for a while, especially when like their their version of Movie Pass came out. Where, um, in an effort to shine attention on like um, indie movies that are of high artistic value, because a lot of times like people go on the app and they only like look to go see the movies they've heard of. Yeah. But there's a lot of great indie movies that are like of high artistic merit that like you've never heard of. So it's like something called sunset on the Riviera. It's like, well, I don't, I don't, don't know anything about this movie based on this, except right. maybe the location and time right. period. <laughs> so like, uh, they're like, so in, they, they started putting this label on movies called AMC artisan films, which mm. is like AMC has declared that this movie is like a movie of high artistic merit. And they're typically movies that like are contenders for Oscars and things like that. And it was always intended for indie films, but every once in a while, they give a blockbuster movie that that label, okay. and the Batman got the AMC oh, artisan label. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, it's yeah, like yeah. this isn't just a S- Batman movie. This isn't just a superhero movie. Like this is right. like potentially an looks, Oscar yeah. contending, yeah, for sure. Well, piece of the cinema. Shots, the yeah. shots and oh the cinematography God, behind amazing. it looks amazing. Yeah, and that that makes so much sense to me because that's one of the uh, Robert Pattinson. Uh, I I mean, this might be way mm. too like over the top to say, but. The man does not get enough credit for being like one of the first real indie darlings to mm-hmm. break through and become this huge, you know, what he's become. Mm-hmm. No, that, that is a bit of a job. That's, yeah, that's. I think, man, he what was. What do you mean he was indie? He was indie back in the day. I mean, I, he I was mean, before post, post well, Twilight. Twilight, the first Twilight movie was indie. The first Twilight movie was like. Listen, mm-hmm. I know the producers of the Twilight movie, yeah. all right? Mm-hmm. That was not indie. No, yeah. I'm talking about the first one though. The first one was this adaptation of the novel, which had gotten. You know such why speed. the novels were already yeah. like incredibly that, popular? Yeah, they did that yeah. be, for, because the novel they wanted to see what was the largest spending demographic in the U.S., which yeah. was teenage girls. Yeah, and they said, "What IP are the teenage girls reading the most of?" Yeah, which was. Twilight and what they can make the most merch from that mm, IP. Right. So like, let's convert that into a movie. They were yeah, brilliant, yeah. and they're brilliant businessmen yeah. and women, but 
That yeah, is not, I, I I'm going to create an art house film. Yeah. That's, I'm going to create a piggy bank to retire no. on. Yeah, um, no, it was big budget. Yeah, and, uh, and I mean, I think he was forced into the indie stuff because no big studio would touch him after Twilight. Yeah. And that ended up being a good artistic move as well. But uh, if anyone deserves credit for being the indie boy who broke out into the mainstream, it's, uh, it's Timothy Chalamet. That man was doing, like, indie darlings for, like, a long time. And, like, yeah. he just... The first big-budget movie he was in was, like, what I would call, like, big-budget was Dune. Like, that was... Dude, shout right. out to yeah. Dune. I gotta Dune see that shit, man. was amazing. Dune's amazing. Yeah. I fucking loved it. I thought it was better than the original. Yeah. I can't wait for them to make more. Everybody yeah. killed it. Mm-hmm. Uh, all the actors, the, the shots, the whole thing. It's everything the was the first amazing. time in a while that a blockbuster movie has also been an Oscar-worthy movie. Like, it's, right. it's nominated for Best Picture. It's, like one of, like, it's got some of the most nominations of any movie this year. Like, it's... Yeah. God, it's uh, Dune is so good. Yeah, Dune is But, crazy. you know, I'm a little disappointed in the Academy for, you know, snubbing, uh, snubbing Pig. Yeah, I know, man. I know. I was. I, I love Nick Cage, and that was one of that was one yeah. of his best in years. I still haven't seen it yet, but I feel. Well, I, how do you know? Because what do you the mean? buzz you around it. Know? That's what everybody says, man. Everybody yeah, says that thing deserved it. After spending years solely working on independent films, Robert Pattinson will be starring in two mega blockbusters. So other people think of him that way too. Yeah, I mean, to he, me, he was always like the dude who did like the fucking nine eleven movie and like the you know like movies that no one was seeing. Yeah, ever, I mean that's the thing. He's, he he fell into indie stuff after Twilight. Yeah, I don't know how much that was his choice. It might have been too. Maybe he just had such a terrible experience on Twilight movies. He was like, I don't want to be anywhere near a big studio for a while. I mean, yeah. that's kind of the same thing Daniel Radcliffe and Elijah Wood did. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. After there, yeah, they were like, we don't need to do shit for mm. money. We can just do what we want now. Right. Yeah, we do like cool projects and yeah, stuff. But uh, for sure, yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I'm hyped for it. Uh, Matt Reeves is a great director, um, and I, uh, I'm so excited for this take on the Batman, like a more gritty detective kind of film. Yeah, um, you know. I, I I'm yeah I'm I'm so stoked. It's three hours. I love that. And also, oh, um, no, I didn't even know that part. Yeah, and uh, they're gonna build a whole bat verse around the Robert Pattinson one oh, stuff. Oh, you so, got to. Yeah, which I like. In the lieu of a functional DC universe, like I, as like a longtime DC and Batman fan, it, it like the, I have enjoyed the Marvel movies, but there's always been like this little bit of disdain that I have because it's like. Fuck, I want this, but for the characters I like loved growing up. Yeah. And like I really want like I hate skipping steps. It's one of my biggest pet peeves in media when like we just jump to stuff that we didn't earn yet. Mm. And like everyone's been talking for a while, like we should have a Nightwing movie and a Batgirl movie and like a Batman Beyond movie. It's like we didn't earn those movies. Like I want to build to those things because it's gonna mean so much more if we like build to it. Like right. do we have a chance? This is a we're starting Batman. This is a year one Batman. He's been Batman for about a year in this movie. Yeah. That's like origin Batman. We have a chance to build build his rogues gallery, build that. We in maybe Batman two or three, he adopts D- uh, Dick Grayson and stuff, and we get to like build up from him being like a Robin to a Nightwing to the other Robin to the Red Hood to Batgirl to Batwoman to like to Batwing like all these auxiliary characters can like be properly like presented in this universe in the way that it was like evolved over the comics right uh and uh, like if Batman is good 
and it looks like it's going to be, then it looks like like the thing that I have wanted since 20, 2007 yeah, can yeah. finally happen. Like I've been waiting for this to happen of DC characters since 2007. Yeah. I'm so hyped for this. So they got the chance to make this like the next Marvel. Right. Yeah. 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 I mean, it's just yeah. Batman characters. He said he's not getting in the bigger, like there's no, it's just going to be Batman. But like right. Batman has such a like wealth of lore well, and like Batman's, beloved characters yeah. that you can have an extended universe of just Batman characters. Yeah, Batman's my shit. Yeah, uh, that's my jam. Batman's probably yeah. the oldest and longest and largest volume of, like, a comic being made into TV or cinema. Yeah, mm. for sure. Like, yeah. Superman yeah. is the only other one that comes yeah. close, but yeah. you had all the Batman TV shows. Yeah, 60s. As yeah. well as all the fucking mm. yeah. movies and stuff. Good old yeah. Adam West, man. Yeah, yeah. they're yeah. talking about there's going to be a, there's gonna be a, LA, a, a, a Gotham PD TV show. Uh, the Penguin's going to get his own yeah. TV show. I love Gotham. Um, yeah, Gotham was, yeah, Gotham show. was good too. Yeah, 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 yeah. that was great. Yeah, um, but yeah, uh, but yeah, awesome, I'm I'm so ready. Uh, yeah. So uh, uh, that's that's gonna be the next yeah, week. Man. I'm gonna watch Zoe them so many times. Yeah, Woo. Yep. it's great. Good old Paul Dano, mm-hmm. dude. Yeah, no, it's gonna be really good. It feels like more Batman-y yeah. than, uh, than ever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. This is yeah. like it's it's probably the closest adaptation to like what the way the the, the animated shows like the comics always felt. So. Yeah. Um, I have to show you. Shelby made a tweet about it, and I thought she put it pretty well. Yeah, Shelby said Robert Pattinson is a is graphic novel Batman. Christian Bale was action movie Batman. Val and Adam West were comic book Batman. Michael Keaton was goth Batman, and George Clooney was George Clooney. <laughs> <laughs> That's really funny. Yeah. Yeah, man, this just yeah for sure. Like I said, this feels more Batman-y than ever. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. I loved and don't and this is coming from a guy like Christopher Nolan's Batman's mm-hmm. were life changing. Yeah, I, mean, I, like, I love those movies too. But they were yeah. they were its own direction. I love that it was its own direction. Like I love that it for was sure. like a realistic take yeah. on like how would Batman be in our world? Exactly. You know, and like this Robert Pattinson is also grounded, but it's he's. It is a Batman that exists in like a gothic universe. Which you know is what so I mean? Interesting. It's yeah. like a smaller Batman, mm-hmm. but big. Yeah. Like it's it's small. Yeah. Artisan. Mm-hmm. You know, like AMC said. But it's, well, it's a massive AAA budget movie. For sure. Yeah. But that's but, what's yeah. interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 It's, it's an art house film wrapped in a Batman movie. Yeah. Yes. Which I I'm so yeah. here for. I always wanted comic book movies to go in that direction. Right. Because you can, there are really compelling stories in comic books, but so many times. They try to just go for the easy, like, uh, cookie cutter blockbuster blockbuster plot structure, like, yeah. way out of it. And it's yeah. like, no, you can tell, like, especially with Batman. I think about this a lot, too. It's like, the idea of Batman isn't absurd to us because we he's been around for 100 years. Mm. But, like, a, a man dressed as a bat, if I tried to pitch you that now, you'd be like, this is a dumb idea. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is, so, so, it really, I mean, if you, and if you think of the grant, it was a $100 million budget for this new That's one. it? Which is, yeah. That's, that's it, wow. That is a smaller Batman. Yeah. <laughs> There's definitely no Christopher Nolan building the Brooklyn Bridge on Universal Studios <laughs> lot, you know, type of shit. That's, yeah, I'm excited about it, man. No doubt about it. Um, Well, shit. I think that could probably be it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's, that's, it's already a lot for me to edit. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We probably got enough audio in there. Yeah. yeah. Just, um, <laughs> what do you think, Dev? What, do you, what are your closing comments, my man? Know thyself, and thou shalt know the universe and the gods. Damn right. Hell yeah. Cheers. Cheers, Cheers. to that. Uh, Where can the gods find you on Instagram? <laughs> <laughs> that was great. Uh, Sailor underscore dev on IG and abracadabra dev on Twitter. 
Uh, check out Abracadabra Films. Uh, definitely going to be incorporating some of this shit into yeah. our future projects. And, uh, you know, we, we got really exciting stuff coming up. I know I say that every week, but yeah. shit has been developing. Yeah. Cool. Yes. Nice. Yes, it has indeed. You can find me at Drake Cummings on Instagram, Drake underscore Cummings on Twitter, at TikTok at Hollywood Drake. Uh, you can check out my uh, 1920s, uh, 2020s inspired uh, merchandise line at Raging20smerch.com. A uh, short comedic film I made called Nothing Personal on my YouTube and IGTV. And uh, those are all the things I have. Boom. Uh, tune in next week for Big uh, The Mummy. It's going to be really good. And then uh, we're going to keep this train rolling, baby. We're going to be getting into uh, this year's going to be a good, good one for film history, the history of film. Our year anniversary is coming up in June. And I was Ooh. thinking of doing a uh, the history of the history of film Film history, the history of film. I was thinking, uh, maybe we'll just do our own history and go all meta with it. Anyway, you can find me all over. You can find us at Film History, the History of Film on Instagram, uh, FHHF Podcast on Twitter. You can find me at Jimmy Deloy or James Wyatt Scott, depending on where you're looking. And you can also find me floating around in the International Space Station waiting for Tom Cruise to finally get his fucking lines right. God damn it. We're out here filming in space. Hurry the fuck up. We're running up. out of oxygen. We're running out. We're literally going to die, Tom. Please stop talking about Scientology and just get that one line done. And that's been Film History. The, the History of Film. You know what I'm talking about.